Hello and welcome to Grunge versus All of Reality, the ultimate psychedelic, surreal, proto-industrial, alternative audiovisual experience <laughs> in the podcasting space. Yeah, I was raised, uh, I was raised hipster, so I love the wow. overly indulgent genre titles that hipsters of will course. say to you in a record store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's become yeah. one of my favorite go-to memes and i'm here today with tommy moeller world-class dentist just kidding <laughs> no i'm not I'm please not introduce yourself old sport <clears throat> um hi i'm tommy moeller and i you know actually when i first met I you you were going by a different moniker i was i was i used to be seal the deal yeah my old my old video game username and that was fun because, well, there was, there was fun SEAL-related gimmicks. But I remember, I think I actually, truthfully speaking, didn't know you streamed for the longest time. I knew you from Nat Solo's chat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I then, I think, raided Tom Thanks. And you were on Tom Thanks' stream at the time and playing music. And I was like, whoa, I did not know SEAL was like, was like you know, a musician or, or streamed. And I was so blown away. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Tom, Tom is a legend. Nathan's a legend. Absolutely. Lo love both of those men. Um, absolutely wonderful people. Uh, I'm excited to Tom. Tom was, we were talking a while ago and he's like, oh man, I want you back on the show at some points. So I'm, I'm so stoked for that. Cause that, that man to me is, is he is something else. I, I, so creative and so talented and just what a gem. Absolutely. You know, Tom is actually one of the only guests I've ever had on my stream. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we did an oh. improvisational uh wacky caper once upon a time. I did not know that Tom was on I I don't how did I miss that? I don't, I don't know. know how I missed that one. I'm bad at promoting things, I think. Uh truthfully speaking, I I <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't me. I just like I really badly want to create things and I don't mm -hmm. care so much about like talking about what I'm going to do. I just like doing mm -hmm. things. So if, as a result, I'm really bad at promoting and I have to really force myself to do it. No, I feel that too. I feel that for sure. It's uh, promoting. Promoting feels weird. You know? It feels so weird to me. I know. Yeah. I almost wish I just had like a little, a little promoter goblin that would yeah. just do it for me. And then, yeah, because he gets. Out I of wish it. that I could have enough like disposable income that I could pay someone to be like, "Hey, here's here's like a really solid chunk of money. Can you do all of the stuff that I hate doing? About, yes. You know, <laughs> like can you can you promote? Can you?" <laughs> You know, figure out all this like, so I can just do my thing. You know, I feel like that's that what good sick. agents do, maybe, or like yeah, they have yeah, a, yeah, people yeah. at the agency that do it. I always imagine. Yeah. I, th I thought to myself, one day, like if I ever get an agent, I think like the coolest thing about it to me was, is that they'll have people that do the social media stuff, mm. and like I can just focus on creating, and I don't have to worry about all the like kind of uh, tertiary plates you have to keep spinning as a creator. Yeah. Would you let Would you let someone else run your your social medias? Um, not all of them, but to an extent, okay. like I would let yeah. someone else like post on my social medias in, in the sense of promoting things, but I would still want to, you know, be the person who tweets and, and yeah, post the sure. more personal stuff, but for the yeah, business yeah, yeah. stuff on social media, absolutely. I'd let someone else do it. Yeah. 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 I think if I ever had someone else posting for me, I would have like a separate account that was like, that would be like Tommy Moeller's promotion account or something where it's yeah. just, it's just all Tommy Moeller's agent promo stuff, you know, oh, yeah, Tommy Moeller's agent. It's just, that would be meta, just, honestly. It's just their own name too. It's not even, <laughs> they just promote my stuff. I feel like uh, that would actually almost be uh, in the postmodern era. People would all appreciate that more. They're like, Hey, this is my yeah. marketing guy. This yeah, is his no, account. Dude, I, honestly, that sounds like a great idea. That's, that's a good idea. No, uh, 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 TM. Yeah. TM. That's my idea now. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. You got to lock it down. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I hold um, creative. Uh, uh, what is the word? Uh, license. license over that. Yes. Over that idea. Yeah, it's mine now. You know, I, uh, I, Twitch is this interesting little space for a lot of different reasons. But one thing is, of course, and this is actually probably true of every platform other than Twitch. Self promotion isn't really accepted on, on Twitch unless someone, like you know, of course, extends the olive branch to you first. But um, so so as a result, I often end up around a lot of really talented people that I have no idea that they stream. And so you're one yeah. of those people because like, I just didn't know. And uh, yeah. I was so stoked when I first caught one of your streams and you were doing music and uh, you were, I guess, just playing originals or maybe even yeah. improvising and, and doing, I think, a couple covers as well. And I just thought it was yeah. so fantastic. Yeah, no, it's um, I, I love I love Twitch for for. It's such a cool platform. It's it really, really, really interesting because you could do whatever you want on it, really. It is marketed for gaming, which kind of the fact that they changed it to a uh, prime gaming or whatever it is that now. Pissed me of off. That pissed me off because there's so many creators on this website that are not game. I'm not a gaming creator anymore. I used to be. Yeah. But on the platform Same here, years, really. I still occasionally touch the video games, but more and more yeah. it feels less like me. Yeah, it's just I because I find myself even now uh, after I've uh, switched into doing music uh, like full time now, um, it, it's it's I've found myself gaming less and less, uh, and and I spend so much more time like just being like, okay, I'm doing music now. Oh, that means that I could just do music. Oh, that's great. Okay, I'm gonna practice how to play in B flat, and then I'll spend like two hours on the piano just improvising in B flat. And I'm like, wow, that, what a great evening. And then I'll go to bed. Yeah. Instead of, uh, you know, hopping on and playing some overwatch with the buds or something, you know, like I used to way back in the day, but, yeah. um, I, I like the, the change in, in pace and it, it feels more like me, you know, you know, absolutely. I felt like the, the gaming for the most part, for a lot of my life was just a way to connect with people, um, and to like connect with my friends. But Twitch oh. is really cool. Cause I can do music. Well, connecting with friends right because i can sit there and i can play i can play my songs and right now i've been doing like some live looping and stuff and then people come in and they chat with me and i can chat back and i get that interaction that i wanted but i'm doing the music that i want to do so it's just it's with this wonderful amalgamation of things that i love live looping is extremely cool to me i've been uh, learning keyboard lately and i'm still very early in my in my in my journey but my dream yeah. is to have my keyboards and whatever instruments i i want want to use in a looping station Damn heavily straight. inspired by um i want to i hope i don't mispronounce his name mark ribelay oh yeah mark ribelay he's awesome after oh, seeing man. his stuff Blue i was Daddy. just was like oh yeah i realized how cool how cool yeah. one could like how much someone can do with just a loop station and like a midi yeah. controller because that's really i mean and he uses a mic as well but more or less yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a loop station and midi controller in yeah. most of the videos i see for sure if i can shout out one other person too if we're talking about please. Looping musicians please um aaron goldberg He's on Twitch. Okay. Let me um, actually just go man, and look this up. He is the person who Aaron, got like me A into A looping. Yeah, A-A-Ron. Yeah, okay. <laughs> cool. cool, cool, cool. Just a like... Goldberg. Please go check him out. He's so cool. But he is the one who got me into looping and the idea of looping and, and seeing, okay, you could you could live stream looping on Twitch. Oh, and he's just improvising the whole thing. Oh, okay. And he's whipping out a bass guitar and he's got all these awesome instruments and he creates this amazing soundscape. And the man is a wizard. I think you'd really like him grunge. Cause I he's probably got would. a really, really unique, awesome sound. Um, and yeah, he is so cool. It's such a wholesome dude as well. Like just really, really genuine. You can tell that he loves what he does. 
um, and just an awesome creator and very, very inspiring. Like every time I go into his stream, he'll, he'll sit down and he'll loop for like five, six hours straight. And it blows me away because I do not have that stamina. I don't know how he continues to come up with, you know, new melodies and new rhythms and, you know, really interesting ways. And he'll switch genres constantly. The man is a wizard. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Sounds, do you ever watch Jonathan Ong? It reminded me a bit just like the way you, uh, well, we can, we can trade a, a cool music streamer here. Down. I love this. Jonathan Ong is, uh, I don't know, he seems to me to be some sort of musical genius, especially with the keyboard. He has a very large room with many cameras and many computers and many keyboards, and he's a master yes, of the yes, keytar yes. as well. Ah. And he builds these symphonic loops, and he does them all by ear. And mm. uh, they they are, are they're fantastic. It's mind-blowing, the kind of stuff that he pulls off live and just... I mean, it's sort of, it's not necessarily improvisational. Essentially people will give him, you know, a, a song and then he builds his own he version by ear kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That's super impressive to me as well. P picking up stuff by ear is, is like the next level of, of improvisation, right? Cause you're, you're hearing a song and you're saying, okay, this you're thinking about it in your head and you're like, okay, it's this to this, to this, to this. And you're figuring out how the, how the progression of the song works. And then you just, you just do it. And it, to me, it's like magic you know i yes I, it to, seems to degree, like magic I can, when i watch it i can i can plunk out chords like if i'm listening to something i can like plunk around on the piano and be like okay this is in the key of f or okay this is transferring from this this but it takes me time right these guys they hear a song and they're like ah yes of course but it's a two five one and g flat and i'm like what <laughs> yeah. the fuck how did you how did you hear that instantly you're insane i know so, uh, it's, i'm I saying this I, guy has to be some kind of superhuman at least a little yeah. bit the way, i don't know it, I, I watch it happen i'm just blown away i'm floored yeah. It's also just practice. Um, that's and that's something true. else yeah. that I have, I have realized in the last like few months of, of, you know, just trying to do music full time and, and being like, music is what I want to do. Um, so much comes down to practice. Uh, I've been playing music since I was like four years old. Like I grew up in a musical household. My mom sings, my dad sings, my sister sings. like a musical family for the most part. Um, not musicians, but my mom sang everything you know you know the moms that sing everything where they're like she's like it's sunny out today yeah yeah and i'm like oh great mom you're singing that it's sunny so shit like that so i, I my ear has always been good um but i'd always been like ah that's all i need i just need my ear fuck practicing i used to never practice i used to play shows and i would never practice i would just i would have my original song i would write it once and i wouldn't practice um <clears throat> and it would work fine it would work well and it'd have like this kind of rough outer edge to it but um <laughs> I realized how behind I was in actual like practice and theory <laughs> once I started playing more. And I was like, wait a minute. I, uh, I'm actually really bad in the grand scheme of things, you know, like I, I could be so much better than I am right now. So then practicing has become this kind of, instead of being like, ah, practicing is lame. Practicing is only for people who, you know, are super technically skilled. It's like, no, even if I'm not aiming to be a technically skilled artist, practice is important. <laughs> There's uh, and, a lot of punk rock artists I keep up with that were insane with like how hardcore they practice, which always surprised yeah. me given that they have this seemingly careless approach. Like Black Flag yeah. would do insane amounts of rehearsals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I it's, it's weird. I, cause I never thought I'd always, I thought I always thought I would be a musician who would just play and, and not practice, but um, I don't know. It's something, something changed, something, everything's always changing. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a really good, just mentioning the role that practice plays in learning any skill or, or perfecting any skill. And mm -hmm. 
I think it's important to realize that while there are plenty of talented people out there that are, you know, naturally talented, there's also, I would argue, more of the people you see that accomplish amazing things just spend a lot of time working on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people don't like the word talent because, um, uh, some people see it as taking away from the amount of work that they put in. Right? Yes. I, um, so I agree I, with that. Yeah. I, I, I hang around in a lot of visual artists, uh, chats and, and channels on Twitch just cause they tend to have a very laid back kind of style of, of viewing. And, oh, yeah. um, I can, I can turn off the volume and just watch them draw and paint while I, while I, uh, practice or I, or I make music or anything. So it's great. I love, I love hanging around those channels, but, um, <clears throat> I hear a lot of visual artists, someone will come in and I'm like, wow, you're so talented. And they're like, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not talented. I spent like 3000 hours working on what I can do. Right. And then absolutely and don't say I'm talented. I, I put in a lot of work. A lot of work comes into what I'm doing. And it's, it's, it's more of like putting my nose against the grindstone to, to actually accomplish what I've done. And absolutely. I, think really interesting. I like, I, I like that perspective to a degree. Um, and I definitely respect that perspective. I, a lot of times feel like, for me, what I had to do to, to figure out what I was truly good at was recognize the strengths or the things that I was naturally drawn to mm-hmm. and then spend a lot of time getting better at those things. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, starting out streaming, I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I just knew I was on Twitch, and so I was going to play video games and, and talk with people. And then, of, of course, as time went on, I found what specific parts I liked about streaming. And then I spent a lot of time sharpening those skills. And so that's kind of like what I see talent as is less of you're naturally good at this, but like you're naturally maybe drawn to this or like this is something that you can do for a long time, or this is something you're able to work on for an extended period of time, you know, because there's plenty of things I could not nose to the grindstone on, you know, because I just don't like them enough. Yeah. And so uh, I, think I think talent is this like illusion of really, it's like, this is yes, something the person was called to do, but they weren't just already good at it. Yes. No, I, I 100% agree with you. Talent is more like passion in my opinion. Like it should, you just change the way you're using it. You are, you are so passionate at what you're doing. And I think passion always, almost always drives good content. You know, I if someone's agree. passionate about something and, and, and they really care about what they're doing. Oh, and you can I tell with it 100 you know like it doesn't matter if it's objectively what is objectively good or objectively bad if you if i see a person doing something and they are 100 all in and they are loving it and they're like wow i love doing this and this is my favorite thing and they get really excited and you, you, it's infectious you know you're, you're sitting there and you're like wow this is amazing i love seeing this person do this thing and and that passion comes out through it and then it just makes it so enjoyable to watch and i, I think passion is way more important than talent or hard work in my opinion I, I agree as well. I see that a lot on Twitch too. Uh, I don't, I mean, all the people I watch on Twitch are, I don't think I watch anyone on Twitch that would be considered by maybe an average Twitch viewer or mainstream to be like a big Twitch streamer, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. To me, they're yeah. big, you know, hundreds of viewers is big to me, but I guess yeah. you know, I, I realize this because sometimes I will, I, I, there's a game I really like playing. I never play it on stream, but I like, it's my free time game, you know, and I want to keep it that way. So, yeah. uh, hunt showdown and okay, yeah. I'll be playing with my friends in that. And they'll be talking about streaming. And sometimes, you know, if it comes up that I stream the last, what kind of stream I do. And I just, Oh no. Okay. Sorry. My mic did the thing. My mic did the thing. <laughs> okay. I'll just go back and fix that in editing. Yeah. I'll <laughs> say I, uh, I focus a lot on performance and on improvisation and, and stuff of, of that nature. 
Um, and they'll be like, okay, like Dr. Disrespect. And then I'll be like, oh, not really. And then I realized that for most Twitch viewers, and I think it is still like the dominant percentage, the kind of content I consume on Twitch is not even something most of them know exists. Mm -hmm. And I guess I, I kind of forget what the larger Twitch meta looks like. And so then I see yeah. someone getting into Twitch for the first time and they're playing games, you know, and they're maybe they like it or maybe they don't, but you can tell they're just doing it because it's what they think they're supposed to do. And I was right there too. And I think everyone probably is in the beginning. And I just think it's really interesting the journey of someone discovering what Twitch is capable of or what they're capable of as an entertainer and then diving more and more into that as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's so I, I like I was saying earlier, I've been doing music for a long, long, long time. And, and people always told me, ah, you should do you should do music. You should you should you know, you're really good. You should make a career out of this. You know, you should release albums and stuff. And I was always like, eh, someone's doing it better. You know, it was always one of those kind of eh, poo pooing it. I, yes, I'm really passionate about it, but I don't think it could work. And I think it's so it's so inspiring to see Twitch um, be a place where people can like actually people are like, oh, um, I, I really love playing video games. You know, that's something I'm really passionate about. I'm really passionate about video games, but like, you know, well, you can't do anything with that. It's a passion. It's video games. But Twitch gives yeah. like this opportunity for people to be like, oh no, yeah, I love video games. I love playing video games. I'm a charismatic kind of person. And here's this platform like designed for me to do that. And that, that's so cool. To, and then to, the way that they like bend that to their own personhood yeah. too, like the yeah, way that yeah, they yeah, make yeah, it yeah. unique. It's so cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And then Twitch, I see also see Twitch as a big platform for just DIY entertainers of all sorts. Oh, and yeah. I really like that about it. What you mentioned earlier, I can't even remember if this was uh, during the podcast or before, but the whole prime gaming uh, and then just uh, the general, yeah. I have a lot. Of, I've been pissed off at Twitch corporate lately. I love the people on Twitch and the communities yeah. on Twitch and everyone I've met, but Twitch, like as a company, I've been real pissed off at lately. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think, I think Twitch is, um, largely largely influenced by amazon yeah um, uh, they're owned by amazon right and i, th I think it's it's the, it's swaying more and more towards you know being controlled and completely so sad it, it looks like amazon more and more each day you know it's, yeah <laughs> yeah it's Twitch, like watching like, an artist yeah. slowly kind of sell out and you can tell their yeah. sounds changing and it's like their uh, sound is no longer what they want it's what the studio execs are telling them to yeah. make and you're just it's like so no sad. yeah yeah it is the amount, also the amount of commission that that Twitch takes from a Twitch sub. Oh my is disgusting! God, it is disgusting. Absolutely yeah. disgusting. Fifty uh, percent is unheard of. It's 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 nasty. It's 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 awful. I I um. It's abuse. I was I really like. lucky for the first time ever. I got, um, you know, the hype train thing, and people start oh, throwing yeah. in money and all that kind of stuff for the first time ever. It was last Saturday. Um, I actually had like a, a guy come in and, and was really, really generous. And he was like, man, I love, like, I love your music and this is so cool. I'm so like, it was very, very excited and stuff. And he dropped a bunch of subs and all that stuff, like spent a lot of money. And I was like, man, that is amazing. That's so cool. And it's so sad to think about these people probably think that I am so, so much of that money that he was putting to me, you know, yeah. cause he's like you, I like your content so much 50% of that went to Twitch. Yeah. 
for but for what right the so robber it's like, ba- the robber baron kings they're yeah it's it's crazy it's like, like they come I, into I, town you you like work hard you create all these amazing things and then the yeah. then the twitch's little enforcement comes in to your little village of serfs and they just beat <laughs> everyone up and take almost yeah. half of all their stuff tax time motherfuckers that's what it feels like kneecapping people you yeah. know? <laughs> it feels like a medieval like robber baron yeah. It's actually crazy, and that's probably the amount that they took back in the day. You know, like yeah, I'm, I'm saying fifty percent is an insane like, percentage. Oh God, there's like I, no I industry be, where that's acceptable. No, no, of course not. And and it's it's funny to think because right now my my sole income is 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 Twitch and Same, my music yeah. and all that kind of stuff, right? So I, I just I think about how much better off I would. How, how much oh, yeah. more stable I would be if Twitch wasn't taking 50%. How much yeah. less stress there would be for money. I hate I hate money. Me too. We are talking about this at the beginning. Fuck it. Fuck money. I hate it so um, much. And, but then I, my I bills keep coming around. Like, yeah, I wish you, that bills. money would never have to be discussed. Yes. I wish that it was something that I never had to address ever. Yeah. You know? Um, and I, and I, I'm really excited for the day that maybe one day that could happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where I could finally not have to talk about money and i could just because once once you know once i have have enough money to to pay my rent and and to buy food for every single month and that's stable and everything fuck it i'm never talking about money again I'm, <laughs> once i get my essentials covered and i have a little bit yeah. extra for food and art yeah. i'm good that's yeah. literally yeah. it the rest is going to exactly. go to nonprofits. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I cannot. Ever I don't want to be a rich person. I feel like it'll twist no. me up. I don't want to be that. Fuck being a rich person. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. It's not for me. Not for me. Mm-mm. No, definitely not. It's it's money's weird. Yeah, I I'm glad you get it. I'm glad you get it. I yeah, yeah. But so so I mean, just Twitch is pissing me off. But I love <laughs> yeah. the people I know on Twitch. I yeah. love the people I know on Twitch. They're yes. the best people I've met in my entire life. Yeah. And so I'll be like, fuck Twitch. And people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, no, don't, don't get me wrong. Like I, <laughs> you are amazing people, but like Twitch yeah. as a company is really just frustrating me. And, and the, the, the thing other than just the fact that they're just absolutely robbing everyone and, and, and abusing everyone is yeah. they also just seem to willfully disregard, you know, the musicians uh, of the platform. I mean, I guess that's, oh, no, that is true. I would say, and so I'd be like, whoa, what about all the music on the front page? And then I'd point out that all the music on the front page has massive corporate sponsors behind it. Yeah. And they wouldn't be doing it for any musician. They're doing it because it's a big company behind the musician or some big promotion yeah. company or it's, uh, what's that, Live Nation or someone like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, or like Monster Cat or something. Like yeah. It's always, it's they don't care about is, music. Yeah. They care about the money behind the music. And Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's that's a pretty big portion of the music industry as well, depending yes. on what kind of genre you look at. Right. You're definitely right. Um, You're definitely right. It, Which of course pisses money, me as a punk off deeply. But. Yeah. Yeah. Money, money gets it. Money gets its dirt everywhere. You know, like no matter where you look, money is going to taint something a little bit, you know, it's, it's oh, frustrating. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. It is really frustrating, especially it would be awesome. If art could be completely free, you yeah. know, and we could just, we could just look at musicians or we, we artists, um, and we could we could say to an artist, and we could say, "Oh, you're an artist. You are contributing art to the world. Fantastic. Okay, cool. You can just you know live on this baseline, and you, no one will have to pay for your art, and no one will have to pay you for your art, and we'll just support you with everything, and, and you'll be fine, and and everything would be great, right? And then and then the artist can just make art and do their thing and and consume it because I genuinely think that art is is necessary for humans. You know, I like agree. It, Without art, I don't, I, I don't know who I would be. You know, like it's, <laughs> uh, 
I can't imagine a life in which music didn't exist or paintings didn't exist or I feel like it's what gives our lives texture and uh yeah theater mu- movies like think about yeah. all these different things where it's like this is this is creating this this entertainment this this you know creation process is so ingrained within our society nowadays but it's 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 taken over by money so much of it is taken over by money and and it's it, and it corrupts it, it as well i mean you look it at popular music the big beef i have with a lot of popular music and i i don't necessarily mean any specific genre is that you can mm-hmm. tell a lot of it is manufactured to be popular do, do yeah. you know what i mean like it has I a certain beat mean, yeah. progression then a reason why a lot of pop music or i would say modern day alt rock is one of the worst culprits sounds yeah. extremely similar in instances is because like a recording company figures out what you know kind of i like to think it's probably some sort of psychological chord progression that people just like is catchy and then yeah. they apply that to a bunch of different artists and a bunch of different songs that are all under the same label and they and, all get billboard top 100 hits, but it's none of it's honest. Yeah. I, I So, and that's not true of all popular music, but that's true yeah. of uh, some of it. And that's the stuff that frustrates me. I, I think the thing that frustrates me most, because it's hard, it's hard to, when I look at artists and, and I think about them making the music and stuff, it, it's, it's, I don't know how much, is actually taken away from them in terms of like what they want to create. I, I I personally think that a lot of, a lot of pop music and a lot of like the top, top music, I genuinely think that the artists who are doing this top music and, and having the stuff that's charting and all that kind of crap. Um, I, I do think that they, they do enjoy to a degree of what they're doing. I think the problem that I have with the music industry is more the popularity contest in if something, something's not good unless it's popular. Yes, yes. And that that mindset is so prevalent within everyone. You know, like in anyone you ask, it's like you you, you talk about this this musician and you're like, "Oh, do you know this people?" and they're like, "Oh, no, I don't know this this artist." And they look them up and if if they have plus 2, you know, 20 million listens or whatever on 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 SoundCloud, you can't talk shit about them. They're popular. That means they're good. Popular means good. But, you know, it's, it, it inverses that as well and people go, "Oh, like I know this cool band." And like you look and they have like, you know, couple hundred listens on on spotify and you're, you kind of look at it and you go eh, eh, it's just kind of whatever because it's not popular you know a lot of people aren't listening to it and it's just it's um i i find that that is so many people's mindsets when it comes to listening to music and find that's why so many so few people like want to venture out and find new music because it's absolutely well and that's shoved, very true like you just said is music, right they're just, plenty of people like, don't hey, venture you're right you're right like i remember when i was in middle and high school it was just like the only thing people around me listened to was whatever was top 100 and me being raised uh-huh. hipster. It pissed me off to no end. Yeah. It's, it's everyone, everyone listens to top 100 because that is what is forced down your throat. Can you imagine? Can that's you what imagine? you're told is good. That's what you're told is good. Yeah. yeah right. I think that's the whole point I was trying to, I was, doing I totally get what you're play. saying. No, that's I totally exactly. get what you're saying. It's it, you are, this is good because you are told it's good because it's popular and popular means it's good. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's this top 100 is can you imagine if if radios actually played music that they liked and they actually uh, went out and they ventured to like find new music and music that from from local artists or music from you know obscure artists and not just the shit that's most popular Oh that would be imagine, like, college, Some more? college radios do that but college radio yeah, yeah. is hard to find now Yeah for sure and and I it's I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just because, oh, I really like it and, and, oh, I'm, I'm projecting, I think everyone would like it if, if they did that, but it's tough um, for me to know that like yeah, what you just said, because yeah. I know me, I have a lot of hipster and punk biases. So I'm, of course yeah, I'm like, yeah. 
fuck major labels like independent yeah, yeah, music yeah. like discord <laughs> ian mckay yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes i wonder if i've gone too far out the other side and i'll catch myself doing the opposite thing where if something's popular i immediately want to reject it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I i have I, to I stop I myself i used to do that so i i used to be i i used to be what i would call a hipster and i yeah. was like oh man i only like what's um against the grain i'm real cool dude <laughs> yeah dude. Um, i think i think recently in my life i've, I've been, been like there man, for I'm, so not, long. I'm not cool at all i <laughs> there's nothing cool about me i don't know why i'm trying to like feel trendy if i only like that stuff i i i, I genuinely I, i'll listen to probably 50 percent of the stuff on top 100 and be like oh yeah this is actually good i like i like how this sounds i like the music and i I think just forcing yourself to look objectively at the music, which is why I think that, yeah, top 100 is, is it can be considered corporate, but I don't, I don't think the artistry is taken away from it for the, for the, the whole thing. Right. I don't think the, the, all of the artistry is taken away. I definitely think that there is something left of substance to enjoy there. Okay. Uh, it's not just like top 100 is top 100 is corporate and evil. It's like, yes, but for not the musical reasons, I think it's more for the, actual money reasons and the monetary reasons and the, and the forcing it down your throat being told this is good um yeah and also because it's easy to listen to right i think but you're there's right no, there's nothing wrong with being easy to listen to i think it's just if you're easy to listen to you're much more likely to be forced down people's throats i think you're right and you know that's a good point and, and there's also people that want to create shit that i think is bad and like that's but i won't tell yeah. people that it's bad you know i'll be like yeah, this is bad yeah, music yeah. i'm like this is not for me that i've, I've yes. taught myself to say that now Yes. Whereas in high school, I was really inflammatory and someone's like, you just checked out this new, like, uh, what is a band I really didn't like back then? I don't know. I, 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 I've never cared for Ariana Grande. So I'd be like, you like this Ariana Grande track. I'd be like, Ariana Grande fucking sucks. That was like high school <laughs> me. But now I'm like, Ariana Grande is not for me, you know? And that's, yeah. yeah. But I, I do think that, I do think there are real villains in the music scene. Um, and I guess I don't, these are equal parts on the, on the side of the recording industry who takes advantage of people yeah. and on musicians that kind of hold up that status quo. Like yep. plenty of, of maybe the most monetarily uh, and fame wise, like successful musicians, I think are very complicit in a extremely yeah. damaging status quo of maintaining this, this kind of structure of popular music equals good music. And they'll yeah, say yeah. things on Twitter like, oh, your shit only got this many listens. You don't, you can't say anything to me. And I'm like, well, that's fucked up. You know, like yeah. that's yeah. a terrible way of looking at it. Or yeah. you'll have, oh, let's go back to Ariana Grande. If you're listening to this Ariana Grande, I'm not sorry. I, uh, she stole a beat, a song, a beat from Princess Nokia. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it became a huge hit song. And it's not like she didn't yeah. know she did that. Yeah, you you. Uh, the thing is, is though, I I don't think Ariana Grande produces her own music. Right? You're probably right, actually. Um, so You're so probably it was right. probably one of her producers. But even then, that producer knew what they were doing, right? Yeah. Like they they knew full full well. They they got the they got the sample from somewhere, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's weird. It, it's I definitely agree though. Yeah, like I I think the thing that I've come to care a lot more when it comes to art, just in general, like if we're talking art across the board um is i think to me and i and i think that the industry is starting not not the industry but the world hopefully i don't know if this is just my perception because now that's where i am but um is starting to shift in a direction of i don't just fuck with the music but more so i fuck with the artist yes you know, uh, i really yeah. really care about the artist behind the music because to me that's almost 
when I go when I go into a new Twitch stream that does music, like a new music Twitch stream, the first thing I look for if they're doing like requests or whatever, which which most music um, uh, Twitch streamers do, um, that's a whole other topic we can talk about if you want. But because um, <laughs> I, I don't really like the the cover and and the request culture, but that's just me. Um, oh, me neither. I, do, my, I don't know if you know Uncle Joe. Joe. He's one of my my mentors and, and I guess kind of yeah, co yeah, collaborators. Yeah. He has on his song request command, it says, no fucking song request ever. I don't know. I don't do covers play. and stuff. Oh, I mean, I do do covers. I sing them, but I don't do them by request. Yeah. But that's also because yeah. I don't know how to make music yet. Yes. Yeah. Something, something that I love, though, the first thing I'll do is I'll go in and I will look in the song list and I will request an original. Yeah. Because there is nothing more than I love than to hear an artist play their original piece there is nothing more special to me um and there is nothing more real about that artist when they're performing their own music it's so absolutely wonderful to hear to hear an artist do their own thing you know and i love it i love it so much and i feel like too many artists are kind of railroaded down this this path of on twitch specifically of cover songs is what is popular, you know, yep. uh, just, just and you do it for list. tips and stuff, which I get, but it's yep. just like, yeah. I, I got to yep. imagine if you're a person that does know how to play music and you have originals, like you are a, a musician and mm -hmm. all you are, you're, all you're able to do on Twitch is covers. It's got to like piss you off kind of. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I, and I don't know if it's just because, so I think I, I like to just, I like to make a distinction when it comes to, to musicians. Um, I would not consider myself a musician. I would consider myself an artist ah. um, because uh, I, I am not good enough to play in a wedding band technically. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, right? so I get it. it, it I get it. it, it to, to me, a musician is someone who you, you give sheet music and you say, play this and they go sick and they go, and they play it. Right. right? That's right. Musician. And I feel like Maybe a you lot have like of, a studio musician, like wrecking crew or yeah. Toto before they set off on their own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, like you, I would hire a musician to play trumpet on my album or some shit. Um, and that they would be a musician. They're not necessarily artists. But I feel like if you're into music and if you have have learned an instrument, you got to have your own stuff. Like, do you not have your own? How do you not have your own stuff? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if these like there's some of these if there is actually musicians out there who haven't tried writing their own music. But to me, it's like music is is meant to be felt and if you're feeling music, you're writing it and you're creating it and you're, you're doing what feels right to you. And to me, that's so personal and that's so, um, so individual to a person, you know, like, I don't, I don't think two people will ever create the same, the same, um, or will have feelings about the exact same piece of music, or if they start in the same place that they'll end up in the same place, you know, like, Oh, absolutely. You even everyone see that with like out. really good, um, like, well, think of a cover with, with two amazing musicians like Bob Dylan all along the watchtower and then Jimi Hendrix all along the watchtower, two yeah. incredibly unique versions yeah. of technically the same song, but not really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they, they bring their own musicality to that. They bring their own feeling to it. And I feel like that's so, that's what I crave from a musician. And I think, and I hope that that is what, other people are starting to realize that they're they're where where in in this world where Twitch is so accessible, like people can come in, and they can come talk to me, and then they can hear the music that I make, and I, and to me, I think that's special. I think it's you know? fucking special as a viewer. Can I? Because I can't imagine, like some of my favorite musicians of all time, like uh, Dan Mangan, Andy Schoaf. I can't imagine those guys being on Twitch and being able to go talk to them. 
you know, like, and, and to like type to them and be like, Hey, how you doing? Or, or even just to have them, not even to have to talk to them, but like, just have them playing live in front of me, like casually, like making music right. to me, that's so special. And that's so unique. And that is something offered only now in this new age of technology, right? That never before, it, to me, it's like going into the recording studio with your favorite musician. Can you imagine going into, you pick your favorite musician ever oh, and, and think about going into the recording studio while they were recording your favorite album that they did. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine how amazing it would be to, to stand there as they're playing in front of you and building the song in front of, like that blows my mind that, that today with the technology that we have, I am able to, as a musician and, or as, a, as an artist, sit down and like people can come in and watch me watch me make <laughs> you know it's crazy i totally get that I, I you know i have for almost all of my life um been a huge patron of music my dad is a huge patron he actually plays a lot of instruments nice um my stepmom does as well and you know his library uh, he has you know multiple rooms full of records in his house yep. you know stereo everywhere libraries full of like the walls covered in posters from concerts he's been to nice. And my house has that on a much smaller scale. But my point is I've been a, a massive music nerd since I was like brought into the world. And uh, I've never, I learned to play trumpet a little bit in, in middle school. But other than that, like I've never really learned an instrument. Mm -hmm. And I've always kind of wanted to, but I never really committed to it. And it wasn't until I got on Twitch and saw, um, I guess I just kind of always figured. And honestly, I honestly think band kind of broke me. And I, I had piano lessons as a kid and I had band. And they would yeah. give me the sheet music and they'd tell me to play this thing. And I didn't enjoy it, but I, I liked playing music. I didn't like playing their music. Yes. And it wasn't until I started seeing a lot of the people improvise songs on the fly on Twitch where I was like, oh, if I learn to play some instruments, like I could do this and just see where it goes yes. and just have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's been a big project of mine lately. I'm trying to use, learn how to use a digital audio workstations. I have a little MIDI controller over here. Hell and yeah, um I'm building up the skills and I'm sure it'll take a while, but the idea of it is so exciting to me because I've, I've aggressively consumed music for so long and I just have so many inspirations that I'd love to yeah. synthesize and I'm yeah, just no, excited that, to dive really in. Cause especially like I'm excited to hear, to hear stuff when you, when you finally start putting it together. Cause every, once again, everyone comes from a unique background, right? Like I am a mishmash of everything that I listened to when I was a kid. That That's where my musical roots come from. Right. Right. And, guaranteed that almost every single kid comes from different musical roots, right? Their parents probably listen to something different Then they probably went through the teen phase where they switched to, you know, listening to something else that they thought was more cool or more like, you know, edgy or whatever, yep. you know, and then now That's they're listening to stuff. To it, it's, it's all, it's all like, it's all building blocks. Right. And then music, it, to me, it's, it's, it, there's so much depth to it. There's so much that is behind every single movement in, in a, in a piece of music, right? Every single chord progression is what feels right to that artist Right. And what feels right to that artist is all based on their past experiences with what music affected them the most, what, what music, you know, emotionally impacted them the most. And that's so cool to listen to someone's interpretation of what they find the most beautiful noises are. And that's, that's so oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I really yeah. get a kick out of weird experimental musics, especially just because they challenge my ears and, and me yeah. trying to figure out if like noise punk's a really fun one for me because I don't, I'm not always sure if I like it, but I want to experiment with it and see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. I also really like free jazz for that reason. Yes. And yeah, a lot okay. of the weirder albums that, uh, ambient artists like Brian, I'm a big Brian, Eno guy. So Brian, Eno has okay. some really interesting experimental stuff that I like cause it challenges my uh, brain. Yeah. 
and and just like it also usually has some sort of like the technical nature of the music is atypical in many ways as well um i don't know enough about <laughs> chord progressions and things like that to describe sure. it in words that make sense but i can tell yeah. that it's not it's not something you would typically see and right. I like that a lot. I, I like I like things that push the boundaries and and an art in general, but uh, especially in music. And I really like when an artist that has been very successful in one genre tries another genre. Yeah, 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 for sure. I find um, uh, everyone always asks me, "Oh, what kind of music do you make?" And I I, I struggle with the answer, um, because I, I find that it changes so frequently. You know. Uh, what kind of music I'm making is is so heavily dependent on what instrument I'm playing and what mood I'm in and what I had for breakfast. And, you know, sometimes I'll make stuff that is really aggressive and sometimes I'll make stuff that's really soft. And and genres are genres are weird. Genres like putting putting artists into genres, I think is helpful for sure. Um, but I think it can also be a little detrimental if you take it too um, too seriously, you know, I fully agree. You know, and one thing I've always liked about punk is that within the realm of punk, there's such a vast array of ways to do punk. Oh yeah. Like to you me, have sonic youth with their crazy, that. weird, uh, experimental stuff. And yeah. you know, you have black flag kind of typical hardcore and then. Yeah. yeah. Punk to me, honestly, I would say is more of like a, a feeling or, yes, or like a, a culture, like a, a culture. Yeah. It's I like, agree. Oh, I make punk I agree. music. It's like, oh, well, what's punk music, right? Like punk music just is, is like an idea, right? It's yes. the idea of punk music is just like, whatever the fuck you want, dude. Yeah. You know, like, yes. And you're not playing of, by, you're not playing by the wider music industry's rules and in punk. Yeah, I feel like no, it's the biggest. No yeah. 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 I feel like the biggest thing about punk is that you're not listening to how other people tell you to yeah. make things. So like someone yeah, once came yeah. into my chat and was like, well, that's not punk. I was like, oh, so, so you're <laughs> definitely not punk because you just said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you're gatekeeping, um, you're not punk. That's like a yeah. <laughs> firm rule. Yeah. yeah. Technically, if someone wants to call themselves punk, dude, you do it. You know, you yeah. gotta go. Yeah, exactly. Go. Exactly. I'm glad. So what kind of music has been really fascinating you lately? I know for me, for example, I've been listening to a lot of African jazz. Okay. Uh, that's um, kind of been my fave actually for the past couple of weeks. I'm in a, I'm in a transition stage right now. I'm trying to figure out what I'm settling into, what kind of Sonic I'm settling into currently. But um, for the past like couple months ago and for a couple months before that, I was really into uh, Midwestern like folk punk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I was, I was like, I, I just, uh, started like front bottoms, um, uh, mom jeans, like we're, uh, you know, the, the more folky kind of, uh, free form, uh, style of, of, of punk. Absolutely. Um, Is modern baseball in that, uh, yeah, yeah. Modern baseball. They're, they're so. more of a, uh, uh, they, they're border, almost borderline math rock as well. Yeah, um, for sure. I can definitely see that. It's really fun because they got some really, really complex kind of stuff. But once again, genres are our guideline, like we said before. Absolutely. Uh, but but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that sound. And I feel like that's found its way into a lot of my music uh, lately. Um, specifically, what I really love from that genre and what I think uh, makes me most excited about listening to Midwestern punk is the... Uh, train of consciousness, um, improv improvised, almost style of lyrics. Um, you find a lot of these bands are almost just talking at you when they're singing. 
and to me that is so refreshing you know like there's the the melodic aspect of it is so minor and they're they're not worrying about what notes they're hitting they're just they're just getting in the the kind of zone and they're just going for it and i love that i love that i love that feeling i see that a lot with the punk energies especially a lot of these bands that aren't even particularly good at playing their instruments but they know what they want to do yeah I love that. And that's what I think I love about most about punk is like literally anyone could make anyone. I I am 100% in, in belief that anyone could make punk music. Anyone. If you commit to it, you're, you're so right. You know, you don't have to be, most punk vocalists are not like classically good quote unquote. Right. But they have the energy for it. You know, I've already decided and you've seen my streams. I'm really into singing a lot on stream lately and doing like, uh, Basically, I just sing with the, with the regular song, but I have a lot of fun doing that. And so I've already yeah. decided that once I get the opportunity to, once shows are happening again in Nashville, I'm going to try and sign up the local punk outfit and just do some shows for fun. I'm, I just yeah, really want to perform that. Yeah. Performing. Have you ever performed live in front of an audience before? Yeah, I have. I have. Not yeah. musically, but in a lot of other things. Okay. 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 So... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've only ever, no, I performed in a play once as well. Um, but specifically, I think specifically for performing music for me at least and performing original music, um, there is, there is nothing more exhilarating. Oh, I believe that getting in front of an audience full of people you have, you don't know. Um, and a lot of my music is very personal. It's very introspective. It's very, um, very much me centric. Um, cause that's the only thing I really know. I only know me. So that's where I write from. I write from me, um, which I think is totally fine. Yeah. Uh, I think so too. But it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's a weird feeling getting up there on stage in front of a bunch of people and just like kind of vomiting my soul out and being like, Hey, <laughs> yes, check this out. This is me. Like Let's in my, this entire- pans out, baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm- yeah. <laughs> afterwards i find myself after after a good performance like i I really get into it and i I lose myself completely and halfway through the the music i just everyone else is gone in the room and it's just me with my song and then i you know i come out of it and i finish it and i look up and there's all these people looking at me and like it just the, the the feeling is i don't know it's indescribable i end up like coming off of a show um, and I, I'm normally like shaking for like 30 minutes afterwards, you know, oh, like I just with it. this like pumping full of energy and adrenaline and just, uh, you know, everything it's, it's, it's such a wild feeling. So I really hope that you, uh, you can get to uh, experience that. Cause it's unlike any drug. <laughs> I believe it. Oh, I fully do. And I, I have so many friends, a lot, I have a lot of friends that are in local bands, you know, and that yeah. Some of them are even doing like, you know, they're actually touring internationally now, which is really cool to see. And I have always loved going to their shows and seeing how into it they get. And especially the punk shows, you know, I used to have this buddy and in Jacksonville squirrel and he was uh, the bassist in this band scum. That was really awesome. Nice. And later on in a band, uh, a black metal band cult shit that they created. (laughs) And I I would Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Their uh, album covers are sick too. They made these beautiful cassettes. They're really DIY and awesome. But he, you know, he would finish whatever his part in the song was and he'd just throw himself into the audience and he'd just be in the pit for a while. And I loved that. Well, punk has always been kind of, uh, it's strongly tied to the energy of the crowd, of course. You know, the mosh pit being an essential part of many punk shows. And the idea to me of being able to get up on stage, you know, belt out some lyrics and like throw myself into the mosh get back on stage all sweaty and filthy, maybe a little bloody. And I'm like, this is, 
this is a war dance and i love that yeah. you know i want yeah, that yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely different styles of performance, though, I think. Um, for sure. Oh, for sure. But I love that so much. You know, you could oh, go yeah. to three shows in Nashville, Tennessee, and, and each one could be completely different energy yeah. crowd-wise, yeah, 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 but yeah, all yeah. beautiful in their own way. And Definitely, definitely, yeah. I don't know yeah, if there's anything so cool. in the world I like more than music, truthfully speaking. Yeah, no, I would have to, I would have to agree with you on that one. Um, I, I, it's weird. Um, I, I met someone recently who said they didn't, they weren't really into music. Yeah. Someone told me that and once too. And I was just kind of dumbfounded. I didn't know what to do. I didn't yeah. know how to like I felt instantly disconnected from this person. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I just like, what? Okay. You don't like, you don't like music. It's like the, the, the words just don't even fit well in my mouth. That just feels weird. You, you don't like, <laughs> how does, how does that make sense? I don't understand. Cause it's so, it's so ingrained within who I am. Right. So it just yeah. feels weird. And it's usually someone. how I get to know and relate to people. You know, yeah. talk about yeah, music yeah. we like and we kind of figure out those. I don't know. And so, yeah, whenever I hear someone doesn't like music, I just I can't really even comprehend what it must be like to live in that life. I, I also I also think that they're bullshitting a little bit, you know, probably I think I feel like everyone has some kind of music that they like, even if I think it's extremely human. I mean, if you look at ancient yeah. peoples, they they even still had music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's. Dude, hell, every single iteration of humanity can't hear well like hard of hearing people or deaf people they they a lot of them still love music they go to shows Absolutely. and just feel the bass drum and to feel that that visceral feeling of of like being you know in a crowd and, and feeling a performance and like there's so much more that goes into music than just you know the the sounds that things are making even non-human wow. primates make music like chimpanzees make yeah. music and yeah, yeah. so so many birds they sing they exactly make animals yeah uh, the whole animal kingdom does so, yeah i agree i think that there's probably they're not telling the full truth maybe they're not a big like they don't dive deep into music but i find yeah. it hard to believe they just don't like any there's music no don't enjoy music like you can't just be like oh, i don't like any music just, i don't like noise it just feels weird to me <laughs> i don't maybe i'm wrong i just can't i can't see it yeah i can't see it yeah we totally both could be wrong who knows yeah. uh there could genuinely be someone who's like, nah, fuck music, dude. You're wrong, asshole. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I, I, I can I understand so. liking really atypical music. Like the whole noise punk, you know, credo is make noise, not music. And they just, yeah. and I get that. But that's, you know, it's, I almost see it as experimental. It's definitely, I've, I've ran into exactly one person that's told me that. And I was just shocked and confused. And I yeah. almost felt a little betrayed as well. It was weird. It just felt weird. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you ever find yourself... Okay, so whenever I run into somebody from outside of Twitch, uh, and mm. I want to describe my stream, I mean, for you, maybe a little easier because you do kind of have a strong focus on music. I guess for me, I still honestly have no idea exactly what I'm doing. Um, but I, I, I find it just hard to describe what I do because what they expect from Twitch is video games. Yes. Yeah. And so they'll be like, um, how do you, how, like, oh, what kind of game do you, or people often ask me the question, like, what game do you stream? And I think the idea of streaming just one game for your whole Twitch career is like so bad. I think that's such a bad idea because you're going to hate I, it eventually, I think. I, I agree with that to a, to a degree. Yeah. Like, like pigeonholing yourself is never good, I, I, I think. Um, uh, but if you're, if you're really into it, then you're really into it. Um, like, I can't, I can't take away from that. Um, I just don't think I could do it, you know? Uh, so 
when yeah when people ask me hey you know it's more so twitch is a is a very recent focus for me um i've been on twitch okay. for like five years I've, I've had a twitch channel for a long time um and i've streamed on and off all those five years and um some i would go like months without streaming and then i would stream casually it was very much back in the day it was a very casual thing for me but after recently coming into into you know wanting to be like okay i want to do music full-time i have this twitch channel i have people on here that you know uh, know me and care about me and, and like what I'm doing and, and they like the music stuff too. Okay. Maybe I can translate my Twitch channel into, you know, actually working together with my music stuff so that it works and okay, it's great. It's a new platform for my music. Um, but it's still very new for me. Like the name change, um, you know, embracing my name, Tommy Moeller. Um, people have known that I've done music for a long time, but th- I, I never really put too much of it out. You know, it was more like, Oh, it's kind of out there. And now on Twitch and, I've, I've amalgamated my, my Twitters and I have people back from high school um, who I haven't talked to in years being like, oh, you're streaming on Twitch now? Oh, that's that's kind of cool. Um, I saw you're doing music and it feels really weird to me um, to have kind of like my two worlds collide of, of the Twitch world, which was very easy to explain. You know, if you're on Twitch, to explain to someone that you stream is easy, right? right. Um, so that was always easy. But now it's like I, I'm having this other part of my world come in because that is now i don't want to say my identity but okay i am a streamer like this is my new this is my new thing so i actually i I still don't know how to answer that question um when i when i get asked it because it's new for me it's still very very new for me i only did the name change like a month and a bit ago or something so totally um, yeah people are like oh what do you do i'm like well i i'm doing music uh and i stream on twitch and they're like this is it's a weird it's a weird question it's hard for me it's really really hard it's always hard for me it's one of the hardest questions i face about like my content in general and i yeah. i just never know what to say and sometimes <laughs> i'll even get a little angry that i even have to think about it i'll be like i don't know i just do it i'm just making things and <laughs> sometimes it pans out yeah, some people like yeah. it i guess i don't know like maybe you would maybe you wouldn't yeah <laughs> I feel like it's especially hard to, to to explain to my parents. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they're very um, they're very confused. <laughs> my parents are uh, very understanding, but I also don't even. Uh, well, my parents are cool. Like definitely early on, it was hard to kind of explain and sell them on it. And my parents have become very understanding, and they'll even watch my stream sometimes, which really warms my heart. But yeah, other family, yeah, I, like distant family, I don't even know what to tell them that because they're like because because they're like you're streaming video game like you are you like. <laughs> professional gamer i'm like no not really uh and then they'll then they'll say well well, when are you gonna go back to school and i'm like i'm like i'm not not, this is my job like you this is a career please yeah it's it's a hard one man family family is a is it can be hard Mm -hmm. um family family can be difficult especially when it comes to so many people do not see the arts as a valid career option oh yeah Uh, Oh my God, this is an ex- excellent talking point. I'm about to write this down just because there's something else I want to dive into with this, but please continue. <laughs> yeah, um, and and I think when I first told my parents, I, I, I've done music for a long time, right? And people knew that I did music and people people liked my music, but um, I don't think anyone ever expected me to be like, actually take them up on it, you know, to actually be like, oh yeah, you know what? I will do music right. full time. And I think I think it caught, especially my parents off guard. Um, for a bit of background, uh, I went to the university of Toronto for computer science. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I originally, I wanted to be an engineer cause that's what everyone told me that I wanted to be. Um, yeah. Wow. I love that you said that because I can relate to that. 
yeah i was like all right cool everyone wants me to be an engineer i guess i want to be an engineer great i'll apply to engineering school um i i was pretty good in high school i got like a <clears throat> A pretty high average and but it still just wasn't quite enough to get into engineering so i went to computer science instead and i was like oh this is definitely what i want to do computers are oh, way better i actually like computers oh this is awesome yeah, yeah. Um, so i did that for a little bit um but math really fucked me and then the money kind of situation and then i i realized that i don't want to be behind a desk you know typing code for the rest of my life mm, um, yeah the thing that I liked about programming was the creation part. You know, like I always enjoyed the idea of, oh, I'm going to, I get to make something. I got to create something. I had to create a program and that's fun. And I still enjoy that. And I still enjoy that part of programming. And I still program in my free time every once in a while um, just to make things, but, but things that I care about. And I realized after looking for jobs in the field, I was like, wait a minute, I don't, I am not passionate about anything that these companies want me to do. You know, I am, I am not passionate about medical database software. I'm sorry. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> it's not something that I would be excited to go to every single day. Um, you know, I actually know a company that does the medical database software. They're called like so Epic many. systems and they're in they're Wisconsin. So I had there's no idea it was such a big industry. Blew it's my mind. Massive. It's huge. It's absolutely massive. So yeah, that's, that's what, so that's what everyone thought I was doing. Oh, computer science. Oh, Tom's gonna have a great job. He's gonna have so much money. He's gonna be well off. He's you know? gonna and, hack and the fucking parents. mainframe. Yeah, yeah. For for my parents, that matters a lot to them. My, course, my dad yeah. was poor, right? So he really, he wanted to make sure, oh, I'm so glad my son's going to be financially stable. It's going to be wonderful and it's going to be great. And I'm so excited for my son. And then I was like, okay, guys, I'm dropping out of university and I want to, <laughs> originally, I actually dropped out to work in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Um, Cause I was like, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to make food for people. And, and food is like a universal you way wanna to create. I want to create and I want to, I want to make food. I want to, I want to make things and I want to make my own. I, originally I wanted to open up my own bakery. Um, oh, I want right to open on. my own bakery and it's going to be like super local and awesome and great. And you then, mentioned baking uh, earlier. So baking is something you oh, really dude, enjoy. Yeah. I love baking. Baking right is so on. much fun. Um, one of the, <laughs> one of the main community, of course, well, I mean, we might get into this. One of the community members around, uh, around, I guess my stream and, and she's a streamer as well. Baker girl, Steph, she's a, she's a big time baker and I just, oh, hell yeah. it's kind of cool. I don't know. Hell yeah, dude. Baking is awesome. Connect baking over is baking, awesome. maybe. Who knows? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Anyways, please, uh, back to it. You just you just got me yeah, excited. So long. I didn't realize this would take so long. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I love uh, it. I love it. Please. I love a rabbit hole. I love it. I love a discussion that goes. The full background. Um, no yeah, apologies. So I dropped to work in this restaurant, and, and that's when my parents first were like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Restaurants don't make that much money. And then they got concerned, right? Because they're like, oh, Tom's not going to be financially stable. And I had moved into the house, and they were like, oh, we don't know. Oh, but we'll support you. We're very, they're very supportive. But I, I think still underlying, you know, they're, they're very much like, oh, you're not going to make you're not going to make any money and that that concerns them and i understand that concern um and i respect that concern yeah but it's also that's not what i care about at all you know <laughs> like yeah. money is so far down on my list of things that i think make success you know oh, um, i agree and it's it's hard it's hard when your parents don't have the same idea of success as you do um, and they, they try really, really hard to be understanding and they try really, really hard to, 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 um, to empathize and understand where I'm coming from. But we are like fundamentally on different wavelengths, I think, when it comes to me and my parents. And that makes it difficult, um, talking to them sometimes and explaining them what I do. And, and every single time I talk to them, I feel like I have to bring up, you know, how much money I'm making and, and if I'm, if I'm okay and if I'm going to make rent and if I'm, you know, like, yeah. this is always comes down to like this, this money talk. Right. And then I get that. Yeah. So after I was working in the restaurant and then they fired me cause I was, um, they, they fired me. <laughs> this is another whole funny story. Um, 
They fired me because I was too sad. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, if you could get yeah. fired for being too sad, I would have never been able yeah. to hold down a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, Depression. They, <laughs> they fired me for being too sad. Uh, it, it was wow. um, really shitty working conditions, and uh, they, they were nice people for the most part. And then restaurants um, are brutal, man. I mean, restaurants. And that's when I, that's I worked when I at a restaurant for a year. And it was, I actually don't want to work at a restaurant. It's awful. It's awful. I agree. And yeah. I, I have friends that'll talk about me like, I always thought maybe one day I'd open a restaurant. I'm like, well, yeah. You know, yeah. it seems like maybe it would be cool. But yes, then that, that, you're yeah. super stressed <laughs> and anxious <laughs> and really sad and every everyone's yeah. mad all the time and yeah. you realize how like <laughs> you you think it's going to be okay. Yeah. And then it's not. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure there are some restaurants out there that are okay, but most restaurants from what I I mean, I've only worked in one restaurant, but it was <laughs> I worked at a PF Chang's. It was a really busy PF Chang's oh, in Jacksonville, yeah. Florida, at a really busy shopping center. And it was hell on earth. And yeah. every other restaurant employee I know has had the same thing to say about their restaurant. And so I just got to imagine them more or less. Yeah. That's the way the industry is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I, I, I think it was, that was just me starting to try and be like, okay, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I got to figure out you gotta what explore. I care about. Right. So yeah. yeah, that was me exploring that, you know, the, the failure obviously is important, right? Like going oh, through that so experience, important. So, so important, important. Learn, learning from that and being like, okay, no restaurants aren't for me. Um, I learned a lot about myself and how I work and, and what, you know, working systems were like work for me. And, and so then I was like, you know what, fuck it. I, something I, what have I been doing? I'm like, what do I have left? <laughs> I, I, I kind of sat down one day and I was like looking through my life and I'm like, what do I have? What do I have left? What, what else do I have here? I'm, I, I'm fucked on, on school. I don't have any money left. I can't go back to school. Mm. Um, I don't that's not something I want to do. Okay, the restaurant thing didn't work out. What's something else I care about? And I was like, music. I don't. I I guess I'll do. I'll I'll do music. And at that point, since I was having a really hard time, I tend to write when I am feeling awful, right? Of course. So yeah. I was looking at the music that I was writing, like really critically and really objectively. I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty decent, and I kind of like this stuff that I've been I've been putting out. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make an album, and then and then the whole ball started rolling. Well, I have a Twitch channel. I should. Uh, I think I remember music. being in a stream where you're sort of discussing this thought process, and you're talking about how yeah. you thought maybe what you'd be doing for the next however many months, you know, would be building this album on stream. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's the the the, the ideas and, and what I'm doing changes so frequently. I'm a very changeable person, um, but I think I'm oh, just trying. Too. I think it's mostly I'm just. I'm settling in to, to, to figure, I'm figuring out what I want to do and what I like. And I know now I know it's in music. Like it feels right. I feel like Hell I'm on the yeah. right track now. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, this, dude. That's it, how I felt it, when I really started going yeah. with Twitch. I was like, for the first yeah. time in my fucking entire life, I feel like I'm doing something I actually care about and actually want to yeah. continue doing. Yeah. No, it, it's that feeling is, it's so liberating. And it's so like th this, it, I look at myself and I'm like, wow, this is what I was supposed to do. I am, I am an artist. Wow. That's so cool. You know, like, yeah. like of, that is me. I am a creator. I am an artist. This is something that I've always done. You know, it's something that I have been doing Absolutely. for the longest time. It's just coming to terms with that and being like, yeah, no, this is who I am. And this is what I like doing and, you know, being excited about it. You know, so this, this beautifully kind of transitions into a, a little note I made earlier. So I yes. similarly, for a couple of years before I started streaming, I was working in the art scene, um, a few different jobs that changed over time. You know, I was working in fashion for a while. I was doing like a styling and merchandising internship. And then I was working as an assistant for this amazing street artist. 
And um, I learned a lot from her. I actually learned how to spray paint. I'm still very like mediocre at it, but I, I liked I liked having the opportunity to actually create. So I had gone to like pro STEM programs, essentially it was magnet in middle school and then it was IB in high school. And okay. they were like STEM this, STEM that. And I hated it. And I, I never had the, I was never in an environment where I was really presented with art classes as an option. So I just yeah. assumed by the time I got to college, I was like, well, it's too late. I'm too old now. And it's not, I can't do that. You know, oh, yeah, well. yeah. I just kind of decided I wasn't going to be able to, but I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. And um, I got into philosophy in college, which is really good. For, I mean, and really good for my, my, the way I thought, you know, oh, yeah. and, and at the same time, philosophy could be quite depressing, but I'm grateful for it. And I got really into psychedelics as well. And ah, after yeah. the, my psychedelics year, my acid year, I call it, I, um, yeah. I got really into the creative pursuits and I decided, you know, like Nico, the, the artist I worked for was probably the first yeah. person, one of the first people in my life that was like, you could totally like create and be an artist. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, well, yeah, no one does at first. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? And I was like, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. it was such a simple yeah. thing that it was so impactful for me. And yeah. she like very much empowered me to create and like do yeah. things. And it, she didn't care like that. I didn't know anything and that like, I was just doing my best and she taught me what she knew and yeah, it changed my life. And, and yeah. you know, fast forward a couple of years later, I decided to get back into Twitch and I don't even know that I'm going to be particularly creative with Twitch at this point in time. I just want to be in charge of my own shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, you know, Twitch is, I mean, all for all means and purposes for me, honestly, it's going pretty well, but I, uh, have at many points in time run into this interesting so society doesn't value art, right? And in, in most, most places, and that's not true everywhere, but I would say in the U S a lot of times people act like art is somehow lesser, you know, a lesser yeah. pursuit. And, and they, they, you know, whenever you decide, you tell someone you want to be an, an artist, they're like, you're never going to make any money doing that. You're just yeah. going to, I'm like, oh, I didn't like what, I'm not doing this because I want to make a billion dollars. You know, yeah. guess what? Yeah. Believe it or not, that's not my dream. I think that's the important part, right? The yeah. fact that if you're, if you're looking to get into art to make money, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's like the wrong not, field. Go somewhere else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Surviving as an artist is tough. Um, but yeah. it is, in my opinion, a worthwhile pursuit if it calls to you. I agree. Do you ever find though, and I found this with myself, especially with the, and, and I have a complicated relationship with money because like you, I hate it, but I also got, you know, these bills I need to pay and I'm pretty good at poverty, but you know, yeah, it's only yeah. so, so far you can stretch that dollar. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And so I would have these moments where what I really needed to do was something that would earn me money, but I just felt disgusting about it and bad about it. And yeah. part of me also felt like, I had internalized the idea that art and my creative pursuits were somehow less valuable. And I had internalized that idea and made myself feel guilty for making money off of my art. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's something that I, I am, I'm currently really uh, struggling with. Yeah, man. Because uh, my entire income is based on other people. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Big, big feels weird. Big component to my my um, my anxiety is like feeling like a burden to others. Yeah. So every single time that I see someone tip or I see someone toss some subs in, oh. I always think like, what if they're also in a bad situation? Yeah, me too. You know, like, I think what, that every what, time. This money is so much better off in there. Can I give it back? Like, I wish that I <laughs> I wish that I could be like, you have to have uh, this baseline to be able to give me money because I don't want to feel like, you know, you're taking away from, but that is not I always tell you when they big donate, I'm like, please, please don't do this. If you like, if you are yeah. any kind of financial, and I just, it's so weird yeah. to me because 
I don't know. I guess not everyone has that feeling because some people have no problem and that's fine. I'm glad. I'm honestly happy for them that they can do it because like, I just, I don't know why it makes me feel so guilty. I feel like. Yeah. It, it feels, <laughs> I, I wish there's, there's so much money in the world and I hate to think that I'm taking money away from people who don't have that much money in the first place. In yeah. The I grand- think that too. But then I also look at it objectively. I'm like, I also don't have very much money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, yeah. There's the other half where it's like, I also have to eat food and, and, you know, live and survive. And, and I think this is what I'm, I'm meant to do. So it's, it usually is a, hopefully most of the time a fleeting feeling of like, okay, you know, right. Oh, I am, I am, I am providing service, you know, like I am. Yeah. You're providing give, value. Absolutely. I'm providing value, not, not service necessarily, but like there is a, there is a value in what I'm doing and, and the art that I'm creating and, and the, the sounds that I'm making can, so I, I frequently have people come into my stream and, and say super kind words. And that is kind of what keeps me on track. You know, when someone comes in and they go, Oh my gosh, like you're amazing. You're wonderful. I, I love your music. This is so wonderful. Like that makes me feel so validated that like, okay, what I am doing does mean something to someone and that's all I need, right? The fact that this means something to someone means that I am providing value to, to someone and that is what matters to me. I get that. I definitely get that. And I think that's the most important thing for me too is and in the moments when I feel really bad about my content, it's usually because I feel like my content is somehow not like up to par, you know, yeah. that's, that's what makes me feel the worst. And I, as much as like I've gotten a little bit better about not feeling guilty about making money off my content, but I still can't bring myself to do things to aggressively monetize. Like I'll watch a video on YouTube and I'll be like, you do all these things to make more money on your Twitch streams. And I'm just like, no, I don't do this. Like, yeah. that, that's not, I don't know how to explain it, but I just yeah, can't. No, I, yeah. yeah I, can't. I, I can't, I can't bring myself to, to sell out um, or, or, like you probably and when you think about it it's like okay if you're doing twitch full-time you probably should do these things right to i know what i'm saying is i probably shouldn't feel guilty about it but yeah. i really do i do yeah and i and i don't think anything's wrong with that because i think when it comes down to it if you're ringing out every last dollar out of every person that comes into your stream you know like that uh, it, it feels wrong you know like it i think morally that is just wrong <laughs> i agree I, yeah i don't know you know I've, a lot of people don't have problems with it, but then again, a lot of people have different outlooks on life and outlooks on, on what is right and wrong. So absolutely. Um, well, and you know, yeah. there's like, there are people that get into Twitch and they're not common, but they, they do exist. The people that I, I see them like once in a blue moon, um, someone jumps onto Twitch and they see, I'm assuming they see some really big Twitch streamer. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, a ninja or whatever. I don't know who they are nowadays, but those guys, you know, the the upper crust, I guess you could say, of of numbers. And uh, they make a bunch of money on these donations. And someone's like, "Oh, all I have to do is like play video games and like do these donation incentives, and then like I make a billion dollars on Twitch. Boom! Like this is so easy." Yeah. And you can kind of tell by the way they act, but they never yeah. last long because then they realize that's not how it works for the vast majority yeah. of the platform. I genuinely think that if you are coming to Twitch to make money, um, <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the uh, wrong yeah. place for you. Yeah, it's, for it's, sure. Not, like do something else, like go get like a business degree and, and, and do something in the business realm. Like you can make tons of money. Just trade. If you, if you, you can care just move about- numbers around on wall street. Yeah. I get <laughs> 
that's what I'm saying. Like, you just, just trade stocks, dude. If you really care, if you just want to make money, go just make money. There's just ways. There's ways to do that, which sucks that there is, but there's just ways to to farm money. Basically, there's yeah. they're out. There's, no, there's right. like that for it. But if you're just trying to play video games and be like, oh, people donate tons of money to me because I'm playing video games. I'm like Ninja. Huh? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not going to work out for you, dude. And I'm sorry. I think um, more people understand that now. I definitely see a lot of people get on Twitch and their idea is like, I play video games all day long and then eventually I'm making a billion dollars. And yeah. uh, then they quickly realize that's not the case, especially because, well, I mean, the platform is a lot more saturated, but also just I do think that there's a massive disconnect between what a lot of the largest Twitch streamers stream and like for them, they can get away with doing what they do um, because they're huge. They have a big following, but like a lot of times their content is not particularly high effort, which is like, I mean, they've worked for a long time for it. So, you know, in a way I think maybe they don't have to work so hard anymore. That's fine. But also like, I think that, that people coming to the platform will look at what they do. They'll be like, Oh, that's all I have to do. And the reality is if you're coming up, you, I don't, I don't think you can get away with just doing like, I'm playing video games with my friends or I'm playing Call of Duty with my friends like Tim the Tatman does. And and the, the, to to be the other side of the coin of it though, if that's what you want to do. Yes. Oh yeah. Please. Like, right? Like but just don't don't expect, expect it to be like yeah. your your business. Yeah, don't don't expect it to be and I think that's where like I kind of look at myself I'm like, well, how hypocritical am I? You know, like <laughs> saying, oh, you can't just play video games and and make enough money to live. And uh, the same thing with me. I can't just play music on Twitch and expect to make enough money to live, but you know, uh, that's that's the attempt, and that's well. That's I the- think the music is very different, and this is why I say that. I say, I, okay, so if someone's goal for like they're gonna be they're gonna be a super famous Twitch streamer, and they're gonna do that by you know playing Call of Duty with their friends as they would offline. What they're doing is not they're not intentionally providing value to the audience. They are you know they're doing they're basically taking the recreation time and streaming it. Yeah, which is fair. fine. Like you said, if they're doing that for fun, there's no problem with that. But if your expectation is that this is going to become like your business, I think yeah. that there has to be some period where you are intentionally providing value to the audience, whether that's entertainment value or what. And I say like by you creating music, like you're creating music, you know, in some ways for yourself, but also you're creating it to be heard. Right. Yeah. And so that's, you know, yeah, to me, fun. that's an intentional value production. Thank you, Crunch. <laughs> yeah, no problem. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Epiphany. Yeah, I am. I do have value. You do. You do. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks. And that's, I I think, the primary difference to me is where the whether there is an exchange of value happening. Yeah, yeah, and and whether it's like my goal, I'm not just sitting there on stream being like, "Give me subs, give me money." You know, it's very much I am. I am trying to provide something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're performing. You're putting your heart and soul out there. You know. Performance. I am. Yeah. All and right. people are giving you money because they love it. You know, it's just like I see Twitch honestly as like a digital form of street performance. You yeah. Know, you're the guy busking, and yeah. people that like it are th- are putting money in your hat. Oh, uh, I I was I was um, there was an analogy that I loved for specifically for talking about looping. I think I was in I was in Aaron Goldberg, the guy that I was talking about earlier. He does the looping. I think I was in his chat, and someone came in and, and was talking about looping, and they described looping. They were they were, um giving it as a, a similar thing to uh, sidewalk chalk where it's going to be washed away by the rain. You know, it's going to be gone, but it's beautiful for the moment that is there. Yes. And that's what I, I love about, about this like looping improv kind of scene that is coming up in the music industry right now. Cause once again, back in the day, you could loop 
looping digitally sounds mixing it like that's crazy you could never do that back in the day um but there's this whole new technology base where we can actually take noises and loop them and put other noises on top of them like really easily and really quickly and we can create this whole new form of artistry i think um and i genuinely think that like looping is going to become a new medium uh, of a way to consume music i think Um, so too especially with live content taking such a front-facing role in society now yeah, exactly. It's so like, beautiful I mean, too. Like you said, you have to be there to experience it. And that's what makes it so magical. You know, you can't yeah, just yeah. play it back a billion times. Like to see the beat be built from, you may be able to hear the finished looped beat, you know, on Spotify. Yeah. Who knows? Sometimes people upload it, sometimes they don't. But yeah. and to I see think, it built yeah. though is the real magic yeah. to me. Yeah. Being there while it's being made is something special, you know, oh, like that for sure. You can't take it, you can't take that away from, from what that is. Being there live while something is being created that will never be created again in, in that way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like you've created the thing now and you got to watch it be created. That, it is that, like a shooting star, you know? Created. Yeah. Yeah. It's there for a brief moment and you get to watch that moment where it's there. And that's so special and that's so cool to be a part of. And that's why I think like looping is so cool. Cause not only can you have like this, cause, uh, <laughs> talking about, if we want to talk about from like a, a standpoint of, Oh, like what uh, the content, what kind of content are you making? Um, when, when you do like live looping, like, like I'm doing right now or, or Aaron Goldberg's doing, or so many other creators on Twitch are doing, um, you have the opportunity to have this live content where you're creating it live and you have this online content. And then you also have this offline content. Cause you can take that, that loop and that, and that finished song that you made on stream and you can put it on Spotify and you can put it on SoundCloud and people might be find it and they'd be like, wow, this is really cool. And they'd be like, wait a minute, this guy streams this live. Wait, he made this live. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Right? This and is then, all improvised. What? It's, it's yeah. Probably, crazy right and so you have this awesome uh kind of offline versus online content so it's someone has somewhere to go to to be able to be submerged in your artistry at any time and i think that's so cool you don't just have to be there live to be able to catch um what is being made but that process was done live and that that still makes it special right it's there's it, it doesn't take away from that that specialness of it but it also just gives it another layer uh, and that's so cool oh, i absolutely agree i i on my Christmas wish list, the only thing is a looping station right now because I'm learning this mini controller and I, and I love improv. I don't know if you know that about me, but I, I love making characters and I do voices and shit. Yeah, and yeah. so I like to think that since I like improv, I'd also like improvising music. I once heard Shia LaBeouf in an interview and I love Shia LaBeouf. Oh, he's great. <laughs> he was talking about how a lot of actors he know really enjoy just freestyling because it's the same kind of brain function you know you're improvising on the fly you're just trying to create something off the cuff and and how like stimulating that is if you're a person that enjoys that sort of thing and for me i am so i like to think that once i develop the skill set to actually you know build music i think that live looping will be something i'll really dig yeah for sure well i i actually i don't um i've jerry-rigged my own looper oh Uh, so uh, i could i could talk to you about that later but uh, absolutely that sounds cool as shit not need a um a like a specified like a boss 550 or whatever yeah you don't need one of those i'm doing it on a uh akai mpk mini just because that's what I, I have and I, I that's exactly what i have right next to me right now one of them i i will talk we'll talk after this is done so it doesn't this is all technical stuff but yeah um, that's cool okay i love that i don't have a lot of money right i can't i don't even have an electric guitar i'm I'm on my old guitar that my dad bought me when i was 12 um i have a piano that i'm i'm uh, getting that my sister is loaning me um this microphone is technically my aunt's um <laughs> i don't have the funds to be able to purchase anything myself but i'm still able to do what i do because i, I love I, that that's diy as fuck dude right? 
um yeah pretty much my entire setup is super diy so i'm a big uh, diy guy you probably know this i have a tattoo to my body it's important to me it's part of my upbringing all the shows i went to in tallahassee growing up were diy shows and like houses you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love that. I love um, things that are rough around the edges. And, oh my and god, me too. I think when when something is is rough around the edges and isn't polished to a to like an up tenth degree, you know, oh, it's so polished and so good. I think it um, adds uh, the genuine uh, genuinity, right? The genuine sort of authenticity. Yeah, authenticity that's the fucking word. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to me, I am like, a, I am a glutton for that. I love authentic people. And I think that's why I'm drawn to you so much and why I'm drawn to specific creators. Cause I can just tell, I can tell that you're a genuine dude and that you are honest and that you, you are just, you are there with, with who you are and what you are. And then I love that. And I, and I, I try and be that as much as I can too. I don't want to be something I'm not. And, and, uh, I definitely just want to try and be me at all times of the day. And, you know, I, it just matters a lot to me. People, people not putting something forward that's fake or something that's fabricated. I, I want, I want things that are real, you know, like, Oh yeah. That means the world to me too. And it means the world that you said that to me right now. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, It's, it's, it's like, I think especially now in this world of, we have stimulus from everywhere, you know, Oh my God, and so yeah. much of it is fabricated stimulus. So much of it is fake. So much of it is, it's like junk food emotions that were fed. Yeah, junk food emotions. Yeah, that's such a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like they're they're created by a marketing team to get you to like you know charge your dopamine. Wow, wow, so great. But yeah. there, there's something there's something that's missing. There's that human connection that I think people crave now more than ever because we're we're getting filled with all this emotional junk food. I love that. I love that phrase. Um, and and people are really wanting this this human connection. And I think when something is raw and when it's rough and when it's unpolished and you don't, you know, you don't move any of the notes around or you don't, you know, pitch shift anything and you just leave it as it is. I think you, you're one step closer to like, you know, being real and, and, and being like, Hey, this is, this is who I am. This is what this is. And I'm not trying to fool you in any kind of way. Right. Absolutely. That's very, very well said. I, I feel exactly the same way. And, and I think the draw of, and so, okay, rewind real quick to my yeah. mind when I'm making this podcast. I yeah. know I want to make a podcast because I love podcasts. And the reason I yeah. love podcasts or the podcasts that I like is because they're so human. And the podcasts that I really enjoy are, are extremely authentic conversations between two people where yeah. there is not a strict agenda. It's not um, a, 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 you know, a publicity thing. It's not organized by anybody's agent. It's just like, Hey, these two people sat down and they wanted to talk to each other. So they did. And the conversation went where it went because they were just two people having it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that first of all, I love doing that on this podcast. And I also think I was in, in some ways, I guess, surprised that people like it, but also not because I like that so much. So I get it. And it's exactly what you described. It's, it's very honest, it's very authentic, and it's not it's not something that's trying to make you feel a certain way. Yeah. And it's like you said, it. so much around us is. It's the most unfortunate thing in the world is that that so much of our reality is is manufactured to, you know, engineer our emotions. Yeah. And make us buy things and whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's crazy. There's so much emotional manipulation happening in the media and it's Oh, absolutely. It it makes me and so uh, near the end, before I was a college dropout, I was studying a lot on my own time the philosophy of, of the body of postmodern philosophy. Mm, postmodernism, love it. 
Yes, and a lot of postmodernists will talk about methods of engineering fake realities. And a big book I read, and I don't know if this is technically considered postmodernism, I would personally consider it that, is this philosopher named Jean Baudrillard and his book Simulation and Simulacra, which is about these ideas of, of simulated ideas and simulated concepts that exist all around us. Not this maybe larger idea necessarily that we're a brain in a vat or whatever, or we're in the matrix, but that we have so many fake constructs around us at all times that our authentic reality has been made more fake by these things existing. Yeah. And I fully believe that. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. There's just, there's so many things that are happening and it's so hard to, it's all lenses, right? It's like, what, what are you, where are you looking through? Like, what is, what is, yeah, yeah, it's. You almost never get time to process anything truly yeah. because you're being bombarded with so much. Like a, a Zen monk would think we were all just absolutely insane for the way that we consume things at such an insane rate or, yeah. or you know, a, a sane, insane. I'm looking for more like a, a rapid rate. Yeah. We're just swallowing content so quickly we don't process it. And that's not everybody, but that's not uncommon. And I do that too, obviously. But I, I've been working really hard over the past few years to slow down a little more. And yeah. I yeah. meditate a lot more and breathe and I write, you know, like with a pen because yeah. I like yeah. that. You know, it's nice and slow. Yeah. No, and I, reading I, I, books is good for that too, I think, because it forces your brain uh, to just sit still. I love books, dude. I uh, love I yeah. with books. So much. I think books are one of the medicines that will help people that suffer from reality. Yeah. Yeah. My sister recently was talking about um, how she, she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't like reading books because she gets too sucked in. Oh, um, and because she, she's saying, she's like, yeah, I, I, I have to really choose when I'm reading a book because I will forget about everything else in my life and I will just get so absorbed in the book. And I'm like, I, I get that to a degree. Um, but it, sometimes it's really nice to have that escape, which is why I think, oh, yeah. um, re, like escape for me is really, is big. I, I, so I get, I get overstimulated very easily. Um, Same so here. this, this era of, you know, content, 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 you know, thing, flashing images and lights and, and, you know, crazy stimulus, it, it overwhelms me very quickly. That's why um, I have every single one of my social media platforms on do not disturb, no notifications. <laughs> yeah. I have to, or else my brain just like explodes. Yeah, it's a lot, and I, I think um, recently I've been I've been smoking a, a fuck ton of weed. Like yeah, a lot. man, me too. It's, it's been it's been such a nice escape because it makes my brain go stupid. Yeah, uh, which means that I can have a break, you know, from yeah. overthinking things and and from trying to interpret all of these stimulus and and making them, you know, extrapolating them into into things that they aren't. And my brain goes overdrive, and then you know I smoke some weed, and I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> yeah. Life. I feel you know, like, like for it, weed forces me to focus on one thing at a time. And that's really yeah, helpful for yeah. me sometimes. All of, all of that, like extra external noise just kind of fades away. Yeah. And I can just focus on doing the dishes. Yes. And, yes. Like, Some stupid yeah. shit. It doesn't even have to be significant. It's yeah. just like, I can finally just like settle down. The dishes, you know, and enjoy yeah. doing the dishes. And I love that. I love that feeling. I think it's so healthy for me for, for coming from a, from a, of a, a place of constantly being overstimulated and constantly being, you know, you know, assaulted by all this noise, um, having, having those moments of quiet. And I think books do that for me as well sometimes, but you don't always have time to just read books. Right. Oh sometimes yeah. I have to it breaks my back. heart. Growing up, I was a huge book kid. I didn't even really watch TV growing up. I would just read books nonstop. And that was true of me all yeah. the way into early high school. And then 
for some reason I stopped doing it like recreationally. Yeah. And uh, I always regretted that. And so in the past year or so, I've been really getting back into reading in earnest. What kind of, what kind of books do you like? What kind of, I always have a mix. I'll have some fiction thrown in there for fun. And then I'll also have some philosophy and maybe some nonfiction too. Like I, I usually like to read a business book every now and then right now I'm reading the book of the five rings by uh, Miyamoto Musashi. He's ancient, actually a samurai from feudal Japan. Oh shit. That sounds cool. I, I started to read it a long time ago and then I put it down to read something else and now I'm picking it back up. Would you recommend it so far? I would. Yeah. It's also not particularly long, so. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm I'm a huge fantasy guy. Um, I get really, Ooh. really sucked into fantasy novels. Yes, um, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, yeah. They're they're my favorite. Aragon was my like number one book as, I love as, that a, kid. as a kid. Yeah, uh, I read I read through the Aragon series so many times. Uh, I love Lord Lord of the Rings. Like all all like high fantasy, low fantasy, any kind of fantasy. I I really really dig it because it is to me that is a true escape. You know, like that is. So you love D and D, right? Oh, I love D and D, dude. D and D is so much fun. Me too. Yeah. It's. Uh, I saw your D and D show the other night. A uh, bunch of murder hobos, you guys are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think all uh, D and D campaigns kind of start that way, and then and then people start to get their footing and understand like what their character is. And D and D is so cool. I mean, I play my other- role aggressively in D and D campaigns. Like I've I only played two now, but my my first character was a rat folk rogue. Okay. Uh, and then this guy is uh, he's like a Oh, he's a tiefling uh, warlock, but he's a BDSM warlock is what I yes. call him. He's got a leather yeah. gimp suit on. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like to think warlocks by nature are often quite selfish because they're like serving some ancient deity. So that ultimately yeah, it comes down to what the deity wants and not really what the party wants as much. Yeah, warlocks are kind of power hungry, right? That's why they like yeah. sign their souls off to devils and demons. Exactly. And um, I kind of try think- to keep that in mind when I play the warlock. I think I think warlocks are really fun too though because you can you could totally create a very um, relatable because I feel like a lot of people don't relate to that a lot of people at least I don't personally at all um, I am not a, a power hungry person I power scares me um, <laughs> yeah same here but I I like to pretend sometimes oh That's yeah kind of no, how I feel about D and D is I'll be characters that are not like myself at all so I'm like yeah. what does it feel like to be this kind of person let's see definitely definitely fun to explore that way but like i feel like i would struggle even to like try and play a character like that um but i, I think you can you can take um a warlock storyline and you can make it really interesting uh if you if you uh if you give a reason behind their their strive for power that is like for good and i think that creates a really cool power struggle with your character because they're like i like say I don't know, some evil dude killed your parents, right? If you want to get really basic and you're like, I want to get back at this evil dude. So I want to get really strong so that I can destroy this evil dude, right? Like, and then you have this kind of duality of this person is doing this for good. Like they want this power for acts of good, but obvious, you know, in the end it's they're they're drawing their power from this evil source, which is like, I think a very um, relatable and uh, it can apply to, uh, a lot of stuff today, you know, like a lot of, I think a lot of people mean well, absolutely. Um, but in the end, I'd argue that most people probably think they're good. Yeah. Most people probably think that they're, they're, they're doing things that are righteous and, and good, but in the end, not you're using these systems and, and you're abusing these systems that are inherently bad. Right. Right. Um, so I think, I think it creates a cool, there's, there's cool stuff you can do with that. I had never really, had the opportunity to play D&D until recently and and so I have been getting into it a lot and uh really really liking it. 
Yeah. And I'm still like, you know, I played, I've played a couple sessions with the current group I'm with and I, I know we're going to do a few sessions, but I'm also not like in a concrete D and D group yet. And so, um, you know, of course, I'm, I'm really just kind of learning how to play in that world right now. Yeah. I, once you, I think once you figure all the rules, it becomes a lot easier to um, uh, figure out, like, you know, taking a character that is more nuanced and has like a lot more depth to them, right? Like, it's really, it, I think it's really fun when you're, when you're first starting to learn to be like, I'm just going to play a character because it's cool and I'm going to figure out what they can do and I'm going to learn the mechanics of the game. But I think D&D gets really, really fun and really, really exciting when you have a really cool group of people who are all kind of on, they want D&D to tell a story. You know, yes. like they, they want to they story tell. And I think that's what I crave from D&D. Um, I love, I love storytelling stories and, and, and fantasy and, and adventures and, and, um, you know, uh, relationships between characters uh is what matters to me a lot in in just media in general um so it's it, to me it's almost like D is like this the most epic form of long form improv ever yes absolutely i see it the same way so it's like and that's if you why have i've really taken to it is because it is just it is long form improv and i love yeah. that sort of thing yeah, but it's like the superest, longest form of improv you could ever imagine, which is to me is just amazing. You know, like you, you can't get much better than that because uh, improv is fun and, and you know, exploring stories and you explore things about yourself and, you know, morality issues. Like when you get a really good group, D&D becomes borderline like this magical catharsis. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to find the right group, I think. I think that's where a lot of people struggle with D&D because um, – getting a group of people that are on this on the same page as you and are looking for the same things as you can be tough. Oh, I fully agree. Wait, hold that thought one second. Someone's knocking on my door. No problem. Oh, that was wholesome. That was extremely wholesome. My neighbor, my neighbors are amazing, really cool. And he knocked on my door and he had just, he had brought some food home from work for me. No. And, he, and he, he's always just like, being, they're, my neighbors are great. They're always being cool to oh. me. And he just said, he's like, yeah, I know. You know, he's like, you know how it is. He's like, uh, you know, we're all, I mean, this, my, this is not like a super wealthy apartment community. He's uh, like, not that you need it. He's like, but I know, you know, we all struggle sometimes. And he's like, you ever need me to bring back food from work? He's like, I got you. And I was like, damn, wow. dude, I love these people. These are the best people. Oh. I've ever lived with like in this apartment complex and that is amazing. Oh yeah. I love this community. I love this community. I've that's met so many cool folks here. That's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. I, yeah. COVID's a weird one. I feel like COVID brought a lot of people together. 
Yeah. I, you know, I think so too. You know, we, it kind of COVID gave us like a, well, I don't know. You'd think a common enemy to fight, except for those people that refuse its existence, but you know, (laughs) for many people, you know what I mean? (laughs) And so it's a little easier to unify whenever you have a common, like, okay, we're all trying to survive under COVID. You know, we can kind of band together a little bit. For sure. Shit, man, that's that was that was like put a damn smile on my face. We were we were just discussing like just the magic of a, of like Dungeons and Dragons. You know, I I was doing a I can't remember. I, I read a lot of articles. I'm a big article guy, and okay. I, I read this article a little while back, and it was about how in prisons all over, I think it was the U.S. that inmates were going. You know, they they were going to their I guess therapy essentially that they would get through the through the system and a lot of therapists around the u.s were, were experimenting with using dungeons and dragons to help a lot of these inmates work through yeah. some of their issues you yeah, know yeah. because they could abstract a character that had similarities to them from themselves yeah yeah D and in in the right with with the right direction can definitely be a form of therapy for oh, sure yeah and I just, I don't know there, it's such a, it's such a beautiful game. And it's such a wonderful way to, uh, experiment with humanity. And I've been excited to get into it. And, and most of the groups I've played with so far, I have yet to play with a group of like all experienced people. So I'm really curious what that'll be like one day. And yeah. I mean, that's not like a slide or anything. I love playing with the people I play with, but I'm very curious to play with just some serious D and D veterans one day to see like what ways they do things differently. So I think, I think, um, I think there's, there's a lot of different types of D and D players. Right. Uh, and even even the hardest of hard veterans will uh, play in ways that maybe I'm not into, right? Of um, a lot of them will be like really rule heavy, or or they'll be really into it just for the mechanics of the game, and that's cool. Like if you want to play D and D that way, that's awesome, right? Um, but I, I think it it heavily just depends on the. I I think you should. I think the best experience you'll have with D and D is if you play with people who enjoy the same kind of things in life that you do. Okay, you know. Cause they're, they're probably going to be looking for the same kind of outlet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I find that a lot of people that I play, so I DM a lot, right? Um, I am the, the, the dungeon master. So I, I, uh, Oh my I, God, I, dude. So you could DM a campaign at some point in time, perhaps. I don't know. Like per, per chance, I'm not a like, huge D and D on the internet fan though. Dude, please. That's, that's fine by me. I don't care. Um, I don't do, I don't, there's a lot of things I don't like to do on Twitch. Not even like, on, like, I just mean over the internet. Like I like, in oh person. yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, I see what you're saying. Like being at the same table. Sure. Cause to yeah, me, I would kill that, to do that shit. That'd be so oh, cool. Dude. Oh, it's amazing. I just don't know anyone and, locally here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's where it becomes the biggest problem. I think I could, I could pull together a group of people that I think would make an amazing, that I would love to have you know, in a D and D campaign that I would make and curate. And then that would, it would be like my dream campaign of like my dream players. Cause the players matter just as much or not, e- if not even more than the DM. Um, uh, but I, I think I could like get together a really good group of people who would be really down, but it would have to be over the internet. Cause you know, I don't know enough people locally who would, who would fit the kind of style of D and D that I would want to play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Cause, cause in the end, once again, like long form improv, a lot of people are really uncomfortable with improv. Yeah, know? that's true. A lot You're of right. people really struggle and they're, they're really scared of it. And it's, it's something that they just don't, not even the, and like nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just something that they're not into. Right. It's like, of course. Yeah. I mean, it same. is, it is, it's like a specific type of person that's in the, in the improv, you know, it's not, 
it's not, I don't know exactly, but I, I imagine that it's not something that a really huge, like number of people are into. Yeah. I, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's extremely common. I could be wrong, I, but I agree. I agree. Cause I think, um, improv, uh, attracts, uh, creatives, you know, like artists, you know, like people, people who already make things for so, some people, some people just don't create, you know, some people yeah, really, yeah. and that's, and that's, it's fine. I get, I'm getting, this is going to get into a weird territory of like, no, I totally oh, get what you're saying. It's not like a bad thing. It just is. It's just like some people are some people, you know, I mean, I've, some people can roll their tongue and some people can't, some people have an yeah. internal monologue and some don't, some people create and yeah. some people, some people don't. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with either side. Each is important for you or, know, or maybe the, the dynamic of our society, but yeah, maybe the better way to, to say it is that every, people create in different ways. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, I think everyone does. I, I, I truly believe that everyone has, has to have some sort of creative outlet to feel, um, you know, fulfilled in, in some way. I think, I think creative outlets are important for everyone. I think everyone should have a creative outlet, but just the type of creative outlet, I think varies from person to person. Some people love working on like big house projects. That's creative, you know, like, like, yeah, you're right. Holy out things and methodically figure out how to do things and and that's awesome and I, I can't do that <laughs> and even if you look at like a mathematician they're creating you know they're yeah, creating it, a complex it, equation yeah, or a theory exactly. yeah so i think everyone creates in different ways and i think just the type of people that i would be looking for are the people who create in a way that i do which is the spont the spontaneous creation the creation like of in the moment, in the feeling, in the heat of the moment, you know, like I, I love that, like that burst of energy and that, and that, that rush of excitement when, when you're creating something on the spot and creating something with no, no planning, you know, you're just going, you're just going for it. There's, it's like, it's like skydiving, right? Like you, it's exhilarating. I love that. I love that. That's my favorite thing to do on stream. I figured out what I'm doing on the way down. People, people ask me a lot, uh, with the character stuff they, they ask if I plan it beforehand and I just, I will definitely, I don't plan it because I planning ruins it for me. I want to just like surprise myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the best way to do it. Cause when you surprise yourself, it like you get even more confident and then that, that confidence inspires even more creativity. That's good. And then like, it's, it's wonderful feedback loop of like, if you hit a stride, oh, you fucking run with it. Baby. And that's how I, that's how I write all my music as well. All of my music is improv like improvisation. Um, like even my written stuff, I will sit down and I'll put on the, the microphone and I'll start playing and I will just sing. And then the final song will just me be taking those pieces together and, and, you know, putting them in a way that, that makes sense. And, but it's, it's all improvised. It's, it's all just coming off the top of my head, right? I'm, I'm creating it in the moment. And, and that to me is in my favorite way to create. Um, that's when I create my best things. And that's when I feel most fulfilled when I'm creating. So that's what I love about D and D is like that, that creation on the spot, that, that, you know, inspiration of, ah, I'm, I'm, we're making, we're doing like a cool scene. There's a cool, funny bit and this is fun and this is engaging and there's back and forth. And, um, I'm, I'm really excited for the, for the day that I'll, I'll be able to like have a group that, that, you know, is everyone's into this on the same page, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I too look forward to this and, you know, and I would, oh my God, what I wouldn't do to play D and D in person. I have so much D and D stuff. I used to play magic a ton. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I did, I was pretty good at magic if I do say so myself. And so I, I won a lot of tournaments and I had a lot of store credit. And so before I moved away from Jacksonville, Florida, I spent all my store credit on D and D stuff Nice, because I knew at, at some point I'd get into it. I didn't know when, but I just was like, well, this way I have it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I really want to play in person. Um, I know that one day I'll live in the right place with the right group of people to where oh, I yeah. just want to have a regular D and D group, you know? I, I, 
talking. I was talking with uh, with Nathan, not Solo. Yeah, of um, course, please. We, we, Amazing we soul. Oh, it's one of my love, favorite love. people ever. I was thinking today, just like he and I, uh, you know, whether or not it's through like uh, our chats, you know, like I'm in his chat, he's in my chat, or he's responding to me on Twitter. I just was thinking about, I've known Nat for a really long time uh, on Twitch, like for me, you know, most of my Twitch career. And he's just been so consistently great. And I'm really thankful for him. I, I gen he's just such a, a genuinely kind, like he just wants to do well, you know, he like does. he, he just want he means well by everyone he meets and that to me is just like you don't always find someone like that you know like that's no. that's a that's a special person to me someone who genuinely it means he wants, super well he's very like a mature individual too he's so ah oh, i love him he's just he's so he's so kind you yeah, know like he really is way to describe him he's so kind he is we a bright shining soul he really is. He, he's going, he's, he's having like a rough time right now with, uh, with some like medical stuff he's going through. And I, I really feel for him. Oh, yeah. um, and I, we, 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 we check in on each other every once in a while. And, um, I, I forget, it was like the other day we were chatting and he had gone out for a walk and posted some pictures on Twitter or whatever, uh, of his walk. And it was like really brilliant and gorgeous and pretty. And I'm like, man, what I would give to just be able to go on a walk with you. Oh you know? yeah, like, man. Oh, wow. Imagine if, if I could just, uh, you know, go like, this is why I wish teleportation was a thing. Cause I would love to just be able to, to be with someone physically. You don't have to say anything, but like I have so many friends who I would love to just be with physically, you know, yeah. like just be in the same room, you know, and chatting or like going on a walk together. Like that would be so magical to me. Like, I don't, I feel like my closest friends that I don't get to see in person. Yeah. Uh, is oh my God. Like, to right because we that is so far such away. the truth right there exactly what you just said and i think that's the, that's the thing that kills me the most actually a friend of mine double agent smith tweeted about this the other day he said i think sometimes streamers get depressed because it's like working with the best co-workers ever and never getting to go out with them like yeah, having the yeah. best party ever with your friends but never getting to go out for waffles after yeah yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> but that's i, I feel that's so hard i i connect so deeply with so many people i met through twitch but i never get to see them and never get to go on a walk with them you know go and get yeah. coffee with them anything like that and it breaks my fucking heart yeah me too I, and i hope i hope one day i, I will have the opportunity we were, we were that's what we were talking about like maybe fucking maybe one day like in in the far distant future yeah we'll get a beside each other or some shit and we'll like live in the same neighborhood and it will be dope if i um, ever get like just a random windfall of monies i think i'll i'll just try my best to figure out like uh i'll just travel to meet everyone i want to meet yeah and i'll yeah. just spend like some time with them yeah that and be, that'll be my that'll be my first priority like if someone just was like here's a million dollars do with it as you please i'd travel to meet all the my favorite people and spend a oh. significant chunk of time with them doing significant things yeah like i think there's so much, so much awesome human connection that you, I don't want to say you miss out on, but is physically being in a space with someone is, um, is special. I it think. is. Oh my God, think, it is. And like you said, going on a walk with someone that's historically yeah. in my entire life and my favorite way of spending time with people always. Yeah. There was back in Tallahassee, there was like three or four parks. I would always go to my friends. We'd walk for maybe hours, you know, yeah. cause you yeah. just get, you just start talking and then you, um, you know, you talk for forever and yeah. you go on some I, kind of adventure. Maybe you didn't suspect. And that's yeah, such a beautiful yeah. thing. It really is. Yeah. Cause, cause there's, um, there's understanding in silence, I think. And, uh, I think silence is hard to understand over the internet. Yeah. 
because uh it's very um i feel like internet sign like talking here with you over the internet i feel like when there's there's moments of silence they are very very um stark silences you know like they're very uh they contrast so hard like it's like oh we're talking and this is a moment where we're talking we have a beat of talking but then the silence is very oppressive almost it's like oh my gosh are you still there did you stand up like it, there's this there's this disconnect because of the lack of being in the same place but when you're with someone that especially that you care about a lot and i'm, I'm sure a lot of people will relate with this is when you're with someone that you care about a lot and that, that you know really well you could just sit in the same room and just sit there not to say anything and still be wholly enjoying the other person's company just because they're, they're there, you know, like they're, you know, just sitting with you <laughs> and there's something special about that. And I think that, that it's, it's somewhat lost over the internet and I, it's, it's close. It's like, it's, it's, it's scratching an itch to a degree, but like, there's just like that tiny little bit that I can't reach in the small of my back, you know, like, it's just, I can't quite, it, it doesn't quite scratch it for me, you know? I that totally time, get it. It hurts me. It stings, you know? And, I, yeah. and and when I lived in Jacksonville, there were people I could go out and, and spend human time with. And I think that's probably one of the, one of the really tough things about quarantine has been for me is since I'm in a new city, I never had a chance to make friends here. And it's, you can't really, it's hard to make friends in quarantine. And yeah, I really missed that. Exactly what you're talking about. But uh, yeah. I have been making it a point to go out and visit people. Actually, this weekend, I don't know if you know Jeannie, bro. Um, I, I not personally, no. Okay, um, I have seen, I have seen posts. I don't think I've ever seen their content. Well, he and I have. Well, I, I've, I went to DreamHack Atlanta oh, many moons ago, yeah. and I met him there. And and his wife Kelly is also really cool. And we all hung out and we got some beers, and it was a great time. And uh, I'm going to be visiting him this weekend. We might even do an IRL stream. And uh, it's just like, that's, you know, I haven't, I haven't visited a friend in so long. And Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, um, I found when I was in university, I, I had, there was a lot of people in my life then that, uh, uh under, I don't want to say understood me, but, um, that I really connected with, you know, like, a, like a lot more. Um, than the people I did like back in high school or back home. And, and after moving back home from, from university and, you know, moving out and being back in Hamilton, I, 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 I found that my, my connection with a lot of people had kind of like just been gone and, and I was not forced, but the people that were around me were my old friends, right? Right. People that I, I used to be in contact with a lot. And, um, it's, I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't want to say this on podcast. Actually, <laughs> I don't think about it. Um, Please, I mean, you know, no, feel free to share only what you desire to share. Yeah, it's it's just I feel like there's a lot of people who don't. It's hard. It's hard to connect with someone when you morally don't see eye to eye. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I mean, as a person who studied philosophy with a focus in ethics for three, four years. I totally understand it. My brain became so like, I think along ethical lines almost always now. And if someone really has a stark difference for me ethically, I just really like, it's tough for me to, it's tough for me to be around them. And yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm okay with that, but it definitely makes things a little more difficult. 
Yeah, and I, I feel like I just, uh, I, I'm lacking uh, currently in my life. I, I feel like I lost a lot of like-minded individuals, like people who I used to connect with in a way that was like, that was very validating of like, these are my, I, I feel like every time that I'm getting getting together with my friends nowadays, um, or or some certain people or, or people in my life, um, like even, even uh, like, extended family specifically and, and yeah uh, dude i struggle with family a lot immediately in my life right now i feel uh very uh, opposite to I, I like we have different outlooks on life and and we have different viewpoints and we have different morals and we have different things that we think are right and wrong and it just i feel like every time that i'm getting together with people i'm having to like defend my ideas of the world you know yeah <laughs> and absolutely it, it's it's like I, I can't even just hang out and relax with people and be at ease because I always feel like I have to I have to be, you know, explaining myself and why I think that, you know, XYZ is important and, and why I don't like money and why, you know, like like yeah. people are like, oh, you don't like money? What the fuck is wrong? Like it's just like <laughs> Yeah, man. It's just, it feels like I'm at conflict with everyone in my life and it's, it's frustrating. Um, so it's been really nice talking with you. <laughs> I get exactly what you're saying. I actually, I feel like we see eye, eye to eye on a lot of topics and it's really refreshing yeah. to be able to talk to someone um, who gets it and like who understands where I'm coming from and, and you know, the things that, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally get that. As a matter of fact, every time I go into the outside world, I feel like I'm going to war. And I don't know if that's a, a punk rock thing or what, but it's, it, it I, hurts I, I, because like it makes it, it makes it so a lot of times I'm anxious to like leave the house because I know that once I'm out there, like the fact that I believe, you know, that, that people like, I mean, to me, it's just a matter of like simple human rights. Like this person believes deserves to be treated just like everyone else, regardless of like their class, you know, race, et cetera. Like the fact that that's a controversial idea makes me feel like whenever I step outside and like I'm respecting someone else's human rights, that someone else is going to have a problem with that. And all of a sudden we're in conflict. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, I just, I just want everyone to just, be chill, you know, yeah. like I, I want people to respect each other's autonomy, yeah, just respect each other. Like nothing, not everything has to be confrontational and not everything has to be a debate and not everything. Like, can't you just see that this is a person? And Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, if you go outside and wear a mask, there's going to be probably someone out there that screams at you because of it. Yeah. It's just weird. It's like people want to be angry about things and people want to be upset about things. And, and I, I, I don't, I don't understand the negativity and it's not something that I, I fuck with at all. And it just makes it very frustrating when I have to, you know, when someone says something and I have to like bite my tongue because it's like, it's so fucked up what they just said, but it's like, I don't want to get into this huge argument. Like, that's how I feel like, ah, man, looking on, I don't want to get into Twitter or anything. Twitter's but like, I, awful. Yeah. That's your... <laughs> Yeah, like I, I look at some of the things that people are talking about and some people are the things that they're saying and it's like um specifically someone was talking about about mental health uh and and I I I've been to a psychologist not that not that I have to I feel like first of all not that I would have to prove that I have anxiety it's not like oh I I've been to a psychologist I've been diagnosed I'm people legit. will jump down your throat about that you're like wow I just feel really depressed all the time they're like well have you been diagnosed I'm like whoa like I don't know like I can't really afford like health insurance. So yeah. I don't know, that, that's, that used to be me back in the day. And then I finally went to a psychologist, but I always kind of bum me out when people would do that to me. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's upsetting that you have to, that you, I would have to like prove that, Oh, can you prove it? You know, like, yeah, I, like I hate, I hate like, that line of thought, right? Like, can you prove it? And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I can, but like, can't you just, anyway, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Why do you have to be like that? Yeah. It's like, just relax, dude. Um, someone was saying something about, uh, I don't know if I want to get into this. I don't think I want to. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, um, I just, I, I hate, I hate conflict. Yeah. I, I get it. that. You know, I, I used to, I used to, I um, think con- conflict for me because I don't, I know what I stand for and I know what I care about and I, and I know what I think is right and wrong. And I, and I know that there are reasons to be backing up what I think is right and wrong. Like I've been told them before, but it's not something that I am militant about. So if someone comes up to me and they go, why do you believe in this and this and this? And I'll be like, I'll give them my own, you know, interpretation of why I think those things would be true, but not necessarily is it, do I have all of the facts ready available that they want for, from me, or, or I have all of the, the relevant articles and knowledge and, and, you know, peer reviewed things and sources is I don't have the information at the ready. And I just, it feels, it's exhausting to me. I don't, I don't like doing it. I get that. It's not, I wish I could just chill, you know, like, and, and leave it to people who enjoy doing that thing. And, and there are people who enjoy debating and love it. I just, I'm not one of them. I'm not a person you know, I, I, I do stand up for things and I, I, I care about things a lot. And I think, hey, like these things matter and, and these are important topics and, and we do need to know, like learn about this. But I don't think I'm the right person to be educating others about it, you know? Yeah. You and know, I, 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 I actually definitely get that. And I yeah. think truthfully, I don't like debate. Um, well, I like debate when it's among friends. Like I like debate when I was in, in school for philosophy because it was like respectful philosophical debate. Yeah. And everyone was interested in essentially generating more knowledge. So we weren't like attacking each other, but debate on Twitter and debate with a lot of people is really just like a, a fight. And I don't love that, but I will say that I think for me getting really deep into like hardcore punk, it taught, well, I was a person who was really, I was scared of everything and everyone for most of my life. Yeah. And I got into punk rock, especially hardcore. And it taught me how to stand up for myself. Yeah. And I don't like conflict but i'm i'm more at ease with it now i guess i I attribute that to punk rock and i attribute the other half of it to going to school for philosophy and learning how to debate well yeah and i have a ton of sources that you know i can use if necessary (laughs) and so like i but i still don't like it like i still feel like it feel it's upsetting especially when i have to go toe-to-toe with a family member i'm just like why did you make me do this like because because they'll be saying something really horrible that i just can't abide or you just yeah, and in my mind, certain- I just kind of sigh. I'm like, here we go. You know, this yeah, is going to yeah. get messy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just calling calling people out on bullshit is, is really frustrating. And I, I just wish that I didn't. I also wish that I feel like for a lot of people, even people who are who are like minded and think the same, like and have the same kind of morals as I do, but they'll get. I don't want to say they'll get upset with me for not speaking out or anything, but kind of that's what will happen right they'll be like why aren't you talking about this issue and why aren't you bringing this up and i feel it's it's hard for me because like it, it i feel like i'm not the person to be educating others you know like and, and i i feel like there are people who do that really really well and all i can do is just point towards these people that are doing really really well you know like at explaining these issues but i i feel like almost everyone is expected to, you know, be an expert on, on these, on these topics. And it's just, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to, 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 uh, be in that headspace for an extended period of time. Um, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's tiring. It's exhausting. That's all I can say. And it's just, that makes it frustrating. You know, I, I totally get that. And I think something maybe that would be good. Maybe, I don't know. A lot of people act as if everyone has to stand up for things or be an activist or protest or whatever it is in the same way. And that's not true at all. You know, everyone has something that 
they're they're good at in the context of 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 maybe it's a protest or revolution or whatever and uh, a lot of people act as if everyone's supposed to go on Twitter and be the person that, you know, screams on Twitter. Um, yeah. And that's not true. And, and if I would argue that Twitter almost like never causes any major difference of any kind. But even aside from that, just the fact of like in any given movement to cause positive change, there's a lot of different people doing a lot of different things that they are good at or they are comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. And not everyone is meant to be a person that debates or, or even, even someone that discusses, like, like you said, maybe you just don't like feel you're like, I don't really feel like I have the right, you know, words or sources for this. And that's totally like fine. Yeah. And anyone that guilty for that is not, they're not okay for it. It's not okay for them to do that. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. It's just frustrating that even, even then that happens, right? Like even it's like, no matter like who you're talking, there's uh, someone's always going to have a problem with you no matter what you do, I think. Absolutely. Um, and you know, the, the more I've like uh, grown on Twitch, the more I run into that. Yeah. Random, yeah. like uh, trolls and chat is like, whatever. I don't, I don't even look at that as that's like more or less a, you know, yeah. an, a, a pest, like a garden variety pest that like doesn't yeah. really affect me in any significant way. Yeah. But, but like sometimes for example, on Twitter, I'll, I'll post some like real, very real issue that I've been having, you know? And some other like streamer just from Twitter like attacks me about it. I don't know why. I, I assume I don't know why. I've never met this person before in my life, and I just uh, I, that that definitely gets me. And I'm just like, why do you like hate me so much? You don't even know me. And yeah, it scares me too because it's like I hate I hate the idea of like controversy and controversy and, and drama. And and I don't I don't like I don't want to be associated with that in any way, shape, or form. Right. And 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 you know, I, I look on, on the, I'm friends with a lot of streamers and, and I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people in, in the greater community. Right. And, and I look at them and everyone's, everyone's like picking sides on things and the, and there's all this drama happening and, and there's just so, there's so much going on and it's so, so overstimulating and there's just, everything's crazy. And, and I'm, I'm afraid like, Oh, if I'm associated with this person, are these people going to hate me now? Just cause I've, I've spoken to this person. I just like, I don't, I, w- I wish, I hope that people don't, you know, I don't know. I totally get what you're saying. You know, actually, as a matter of fact, on Twitter, there's a, the streamer Twitter, quote unquote, is what it really yeah. is, is like a group of people that make a bunch of noise about streaming on Twitter. They're not necessarily all the streamers on Twitter. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's the biggest yeah. people that 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 talk about streaming. And, and usually they're the people that create the drama around streaming as well. And I used to follow that group because I thought that's like who you followed if you were a Twitch person. Yeah. And I was like, I guess this is how I network on Twitter. And then I eventually, as time went on, I just blocked and muted virtually everyone that was ever starting like mass conflict on Twitter for the sake of conflict, which happens yeah. a lot on Twitter because it's how people yeah. get followers and shit. But um, I, anytime I, I, I see have- that, I mute, I mute someone or, or block them if it's egregious enough. And yeah. it has made my life a lot better, I will say. Yeah, it's it's I just yeah, there's certain things that like I wish I didn't have to ignore, you know, I get that. Like, I didn't. I'd like, I'd like to, <sighs> I just want everyone to not, I don't want people to hate me, you know? I think, <laughs> yeah, I, think I understand. It's scary, you know, like, I just don't want people to be like, ah, fuck you. You like, you're associated with this person or, or you were, you know, like, oh, you, I don't like grunge. You're on grunge's podcast. Fuck you. You know, like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. like that, that, that to me, that's like, it doesn't make sense, but it's also like, I know it's totally <laughs> Thing that people would do if if you know what i mean it's just like no, it's you're sad. right and um that's 
I'm saying it just sucks. It does suck, and it sucks because I'm gonna be like fully honest. Like the one thing I've noticed is the 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 more the larger I've gotten on Twitch and on the internet as a whole, the more random and consequential enemies I've made for no reason. Like through not yeah. my doing, just because like someone told them something about me that like was or wasn't true or was it was like a misrepresentation of me or they just like don't like that I'm doing well or who knows like but all yeah. of a sudden this person hates me and I don't know why but they're attacking me and yeah. I don't know I like just, it's tough it sucks it does suck everyone. like I, I I very much have like this stoner vibe of like can we all just be chill and hang out and have fun and not worry about you know like all these petty little things and I, I just I really hope that um, I can continue to be because like no one, no one has, I, as far as I know, no one's got any beef with me. And I, I don't see I don't why anyone, so. would, right? not yet, um, but that's what I'm saying. I really just hope it continues that, you know, everyone can see me as, as just a dude making music. And I hope that you can fuck with the music if you like it. And if you don't, that's totally cool too. But like, you don't have to fucking hate me just cause I don't know. I, I just, I, I worry about these things where it's, I probably shouldn't be worrying about it. Cause in the end, if someone hates me for no reason, it doesn't like fuck them, you know, like yeah. do they really, that's kind of how I feel about it now. And it's tough. It still hurts me, but I also yeah, have gotten tough. to where I, I I'm also admittedly don't really um, I, I'm very conscious that a lot of, I, I have some very strong takes on some very polarizing issues like politics. And so I know that I'm going to uh, make enemies and, 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 and piss off some people. And I'm also, I don't know, you've probably seen it in stream. Like if there's something that I think is important or someone says something I disagree with, I'm pretty harsh, like with how I deal with it. And yeah, so, you yeah. know, I don't necessarily make a strong effort to be like likable, by a vast array of people but i guess that's also like like i said you know that's my inner like hardcore punk is like you know no apologies no mercy but who you are though like it just, exactly. made, it just makes you know like yeah but i know what you mean and i totally feel it i it hurts me a bunch like it hurts me it hurts me off off the screen a lot honestly yeah. and and maybe seems like it doesn't bother me when i'm live but like that same night, it'll haunt me for hours and maybe even a couple of days as much as I hate it. I, I just wish that, that people could just like, I don't know, just talk to the other person. Yeah. Know? Like talk as people, like people are people. I don't think anyone is truly an awful. Okay. Well, I don't want to blanket statement everyone. There probably is awful people. Well, I agree with you though. I think most people, even people I vehemently disagree with aren't necessarily bad people per se. <laughs> People are just genuinely underneath everything. Like they have empathy. They're, they're people. They care about pe people. That's what makes us, that's what society is. It's just people interacting with each other. And I think that genuinely people care for other people on a very base level when it comes down to it. Obviously, I there agree. are exceptions. Well, and I think a lot of people too, when they're in serious pain or they're lost or they're really sad, they can lash out in ways that seem extremely mean or maybe even evil. And it's really hard for me to remember. I'm like, well, maybe this person is just in a really, like they're in a lot of pain, you know? Yeah. And this isn't them, but this is them trying to protect themselves or they don't know how to handle what they're going through. And I've been there, you know, I've done some shit I, I'm not proud of. And yeah. I try to be, I try to be open to the idea that someone that initially appears to me as an enemy is just someone who's having a really tough time or doing their best. And yeah. maybe their best isn't very good, but that's maybe that's all they have right now. I don't know. I think just the most important thing about like you're talking about making mistakes and, and, and fucking up. Like I everyone has. You know, I, I have 
everyone's maybe I think it's the most important thing is whether or not um not only do you do you learn from your mistakes, but I think something that and a massive amount of people struggle with is um owning your mistake uh and and being upfront with it and saying, "Hey, I made a mistake, <laughs> you know yeah. uh, I was wrong, and I, I I feel like so many people struggle with saying those where I was wrong, like no, I was I was wrong, I'm going to double down now, yeah, you know, like you're right people are are so defensive or and, i don't know that's another phrase people don't seem to want to say yeah, yeah 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 people always want to have an answer and people never want to be wrong and and i think so many people would be so much better off in their life like the entire world would be so much better off and, and people would be so much more understanding i think and and kinder if people just and i and i think people are afraid obviously it, it's because it's scary it's scary to own your mistake right it's really scary to say hey i fucked up i was wrong like this is this is how it is i i was incorrect that's scary thing to do but i think if more people did that they would live much more fulfilling lives and, and i think that people are a lot kinder than um people expect them to be right i when, agree with when, that when, oh i made a mistake people are like the first thought is everyone's gonna think i'm stupid and they're all gonna come out and hate me and yell at me and say i'm awful but I, just own your fucking mistake like you fucked up yeah. you know like you mistake just say that just just acknowledge it, you know, just, yeah. No, I yeah. deeply agree with that. I really do. Actually, that's a really like insightful thing. And you know, that's, that's actually a lot of what I've got from one of my favorite podcasts of all time. And people, some people hate it. Some people love it is the Joe Rogan experience. And, uh, it, he very much influenced my style of podcasting. But one thing I've loved about his show is he'll bring all kinds of people on there people that I think I really don't like. And people that I think are just nasty, mean people. And I'll hear them talk to Joe for three hours and like a lot of the shit they say, I disagree with, but I also realize like how human they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because you hear so much of them and so much of their lives. And I think that's so healthy to like hear this and this person that seems to be your enemy, but then you realize that, well, you know, like I don't like a lot of what they had to say, but like maybe we're all just kind of like human beings stuck in this weird, like meat pinwheel and we're trying to figure out how the fuck to like stand up straight, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think, I think, uh, I, I, I never watched Joe Rogan. I, I'm not sure. Um, but I think, uh, having, I was talking earlier about, about, you know, like talking with people who have differing opinions than me. Um, and it's not that I dislike those people, you know, um, it, it they can just tire me after a while is all, you know, like they're not, <laughs> There are people that, that can be tiring when, when you have to, you know, have those confrontations and when you have to, you know, be on guard or, you know, have debates or whatever the fuck you want to say. Um, but in the end, like I could totally, every time that, you know, we're having those conversations, I personally don't really ever struggle to understand why they think what they think, you know? Um, it's, it's very easy to, I think, I, I don't know if it's just a me thing, but like it's, it's easy to put, yourself in the other person's shoes and be like, I get, I get what you're saying this. Cause I understand your experiences say this. Right? Yeah, and I yeah, understand I, how you got to this. Yeah. I understand how you got here. And I think that's so important to like trying to, to, you know, make someone learn. But the problem is, is like, I, 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 I did the whole thing. I understand why you got here. Here's way where your, your thought process is. Okay. Here's my thought process. Do you understand how I got here? And here's the facts around behind this and blah, blah, blah. And in the end you hope that, you know, you can, you can, not change their mind, but you can open them up to a more possibilities um, by uh, respecting their humanity and respecting their thought of 
you know, they're, they're, they're trying to thought and respecting, you know, who they are, because I think in the end, that's, that's truly how you're going to get through to someone. Um, and that's where I think Twitter loses a lot of its, uh, validity and, and, um, you know, any kind of online stuff like online hate or, or any kind of that shit, it makes it hard because it's, it's oh, it really it, does. It's so just like aggressive snap judgments and no forgiveness and no yeah, understanding. There's no acceptance of a mistake. Um, there's vicious no vicious condemnation for clout is what a lot of yeah. Twitter is. And it's yeah. really yeah. unhealthy. Yeah. And, and I think I just wish that people imagine if like two people who are having like a big Twitter argument got down in like a discord call and just talked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine how many, how many <laughs> like how much better it would be. <laughs> You know, um, I guarantee that both people would come out feeling less angry. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, realistically speaking, if someone on, you know, Twitter claims to care deeply about changing people's minds to whatever they believe is the right thing, the way they should approach it is not with aggression, but with understanding, because I mean, I'm a firm believer in then, you know, the only way you're ever going to change someone's mind is by coming at them in a way that is like, if you come at someone with aggression, they're just going to get defensive and they're going to double down. Um, but if you come at someone with understanding, maybe, maybe they do, maybe they're willing to actually listen to what you have to say. Yeah. And be like, I, I get why you think what you think, you know, like, and, and understanding that and be like, I, I understand why you, this is your thought, pro, thought process. This is uh, like, tell me your experiences or, or uh, I'm mostly thinking for like my parents specifically. Right. right. Yeah. I know my parents very well. Cause I've, I've lived with them a long time. So it, it makes it easy for me to understand their thought processes on things. Right. Um, so when they have these ideas that are kind of fucked, right. <laughs> like yeah. kind of not okay ideas. I, I get it. Cause you know, they grew up in this kind of thing that, you know, the, this is, this was their life as they were growing up. And, this is what and everyone's these- told them their whole life. They've been shown so much propaganda yeah. too. I mean, that's yeah. everybody, you know, everybody's been, somewhat brainwashed by something at some point. So it's, it's just appealing to the understanding that, Hey, like I, I get where you're coming from, you know, but what about this? Right. And just explaining it to them in a, in a way that is hopefully makes sense to, to their understanding of the world. Right. Cause I think sometimes when you, when you tell someone something like, Hey, black lives matter, you know, like, I feel like some people go like, you know, they get all defensive because their whole life, you know, they didn't think that, you know, and that, that really shatters the reality. Wait a minute, black, 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 black people are people too. You know, like that, that can, yeah. like that's obviously an extreme case, but like that can really well, like imagine. I mean, the imagine only me- way that people I've, I've listened to many interviews with like ex Nazis or ex people are part of a hate group. And the only way they got brought out of it is when they finally, like someone reached across the aisle to them. And instead of like treating them as, um, yeah, fuck you Nazi, yeah. eat a dick fuck like i'm gonna kill you and i you know, want to like, say that to him but like i know that's yeah. not actually gonna help at yeah, all it's not gonna do anything yeah nothing like, changes you, have, you know so it's hard like when you think about that right like think think put yourself in that person's shoes where your entire life you thought that black people were not people you know and they were like just whatever and now now that, like, that's gonna that's gonna shift your perspective on the world quite a bit when you're like oh wait no black people are people and you, you know, probably like, had someone or i mean most cases of the nazi like people that have become neo-nazis they're usually didn't come from a very good place. They usually didn't have a very good home life. And they usually met someone who was often a paternal figure who mm-hmm. taught them all this Nazi shit. But yeah. that was also the only person in their life that ever, you know, cared for them. Cared to give a shit. Yeah, exactly. So Quote it's, unquote it's, cared for them. Of course, they were manipulating them. But, you know, to them, that was the only time they had received it. And so, like, you have to realize that, like, right. where these people, like, where their minds were formed. 
even even put yourself though even further if you want to go even deeper into the rabbit hole instead of thinking that think of the person that brought that other person into the nazi thing right yeah the same thing happened they're still a person as well you know like that you know what i mean right like you're right and i mean the only way that you pull someone out of that life is by i mean the only way you can change someone's mind in my opinion is by allowing them to come to the conclusion themselves yes yes how do you do that not by attacking them but instead by uh, like helping them understand can we talk about self-discovery? Oh, wait, how much longer do we have? I mean, we can go. Uh, it's not a big deal. We can go for however long, really. I'm... Oh, okay. I, don't, I just don't want to make no, this No, no, no. I don't have a... I, it's, Monday's kind of my off day, so... Okay. I awesome. like talking, so don't sweat it. Uh, yeah, so, so self-discovery, um, in my opinion, is uh, the biggest influencer on, on anyone. That's the biggest influence you can have for anything in your life is when you figure it out yourself. Um, you can have someone tell you the answers. I, I, I truly believe that if, if yeah, uh, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right? Of course. Yeah. I love it. So what's the answer to life and everything, right? All, that uh, question. 42. You know that question. 42. I genuinely believe if someone had the true answer, it wouldn't mean it, it wouldn't do anything. No. Wouldn't matter. It, it, would, not, it would not affect anyone's life in any way shape or form to me the idea that humans can attain a, like a true objectivity and objective answer to almost anything is somewhat of an illusion yeah yeah no i i, <laughs> I agree to a degree as well yes so um, i guess what i'm saying is i think we're all realistically playing with shades of gray that we all accept to be fact but we i think it would help us all to acknowledge the fallibility of our own theories that's postmodernism for you, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm, people find me frustrating sometimes because of the postmodernism, but it's just because they're so used to thinking in black and white. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, though. Everything is a shade of gray. Um, so I, and, and, but we're kind of getting off track there. Like self discovery, that I think that is the true way that you, you learn things. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have someone tell you the answers to, you know, anything you want. Literally anything. You could have someone teach you how to do something, um, and it'd be great. But all you're doing is is you are memorizing the way that they did the thing. You're not really learning anything, in my opinion. Um, true creation and true inspiration, and what makes humans so cool to me is the self discovery aspect. Is is the here are a bunch of my experiences that I've had. I'm going to draw this conclusion myself. To me, that is the most powerful thing that a human has. Absolutely. Absolutely. Specifically, I, this has been really big for me with music lately. Um, because uh, I never went to music school. Um, and people were always like, oh, you want to be a musician? Or you want to you go into music? Oh, you should go to music school. And I was like, you know what? I don't really want to. Because they'll teach me how to do things. But they're going to teach it to me in their way. <laughs> yeah. You know? Wow. That's, that's, very, that's actually very Foucauldian, that approach. Yeah. I'm the same so, way. It's, it's, I really, I, I've have, I've been having so much fun and I've been, I've been doing, I, I feel like my music is so much more my own because no one has taught me how to make music, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I took lessons when I was very young, but like that just gave me like the music theory and the very basics of like what the note names are. But in terms of, you know, uh, any kind of like fundamentals and actual, like any like deep music theory it, uh, has, has not, I've, I have not bothered even exploring it. I just, I do what I think sounds good, you know? And I, I think that creates 
that that self the self discovery of finding a chord progression or finding a a a melody that sounds really good to me is so cool because I know that it was just me, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so much more unique because no one no one's taught me how to do this. No one's taught me how to make this. This is just me. I just made I I did it. It was me. And that to me brings me so much empowerment and so much um uh I, I, it makes me feel real good when I when I can be like, yes, I made this. This was my own self-discovery. You know, obviously it has to do with my experiences, but in the end, no one told me to do this. I did it. You know, there's a uh, quote that I heard, I think probably my junior year in, in university, we were studying philosophy, and the professor said, and I think it was for the sake of argument here, that the argument, Michel Foucault, who's a post-structuralist and a post-modernist, he said, uh, the worst thing you can do if you want to contribute significant knowledge to the body of philosophy is going to doctorate school for philosophy because they're <laughs> going to teach you how to think and they're going to teach yeah. you how to think in ways that have already been thought of and discovered. So if you want to create something truly significant and revolutionary, you got to find it on your own. Yes. Yes. That is exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I fully agree with that. I really do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I have tried in the past to go to art classes or performing art classes. And the thing that always really frustrated me about it is that I would create in a way that felt organic to me and I could output you know any volume of stuff and, and along even their guidelines but then they'd be like no you have to do it like this and I would just be like why and especially at that point I was like why because I was I was working professionally at that point yeah. in time and so I'd be in this I'd be in a class you know since I never take art classes before I was I was in the starting classes you know I was drawing one 2d design whatever and yeah. I was, you know, being commissioned to do installations, but this professor was trying to force me to do art a certain way. And I just couldn't help but be like, this is so weird to me because yeah. I know what professional art is like. And it's not like, like, I, it's okay for me to do this, this my own way. So why are you so resistant to me doing that? Yeah. And that's, that's why I like to make that distinction. I think I was talking about this earlier. Like, I'm, I'm not a musician. Yeah. I'm an artist. You know, like it's the same kind of thing. Like someone who is taught how to draw. Then again, drawings, I think visual art is slightly different because you have the conventions, but then you learn your own style. And there's but I techniques think, that are useful to know for sure. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, exactly. still. Like I, I do. I do. Um, I think, I think the, the important thing though is like being self-taught like I am, I get to choose what I want to learn, right? And then I get to choose what is up to my own ear to figure out, right? Absolutely. That's what creates the, obviously like I, 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 so, I can't just suddenly figure out how to work an EQ properly, right? Like I, I looked up a video and, you know, got the basics and like, oh, okay, this is how you do this. And okay, great. Like for some technical things, obviously you want to search it up um, and, and get like a baseline. But even then, like just learning that baseline is all, all, all I need. I don't, I don't want someone, give me the tools, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Don't tell me how to do it. Just give me the tools. Show I want to know the it. methods of creation, but I don't want you to tell me how to create. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's why I think I'm really glad that I didn't go to art school because they, they give you the tools, but they also say, no, this is right. This is wrong. I, I think in art, in my opinion, there is no right and wrong. I think it's truly just whatever you feel is the best. And I think that's what make art, makes art so beautiful and so unique to every single artist is because it's them, you know, like it's, it's, it is them doing their thing. No one has told them to do it that way. That's just, they do it cause they like it. And that is intoxicating. Seeing someone excited over something and seeing someone passionate about something is exciting. It's just, it's invigorating. And I, and, and that's why art is so exciting to me because it's just, it's that person in a, in a way that is unfiltered and, and genuine and honest. And I love that. Oh, I fully agree. You know, are you familiar with the artist, uh, Jean, Mas Jean-Michel Basquiat? 
There we go. I was trying mm. to pronounce that right. Don't believe so. So I'm going to send you one of his paintings. And he's, he's one of my favorite artists. He's a huge influence on street art as a whole. Okay. And he, I believe he did actually go to a, um, um, an art school, but his art is very unique and it's, it's design elements. I, I just sent you a piece right here. I like it. I like it. It's extremely rough around the edges, you know, yeah. but he has a very unique style on its own. And actually his, this piece I just sent you, it may be like mind blowing, but I think this is a really good testament to like create how you want, because I'm sure there's many fine art people out there that would just not like this, you know, because it doesn't fit their idea of what art should look like. But this is, this is currently, I believe, the most expensive painting in history, as, as in it sold for the most amount of money in history. What? $60 million. What the fuck? Yeah, which is wild, right? So, so I guess my point is, like, fuck expectation. Yeah. Then again, though, that's a weird one. But like, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I guess what I'm saying is, like, Bascot, Bascot's art defined many, many a convention. Yet still, yeah. like even along the typical lines of value, and I don't, you know, my, my, my intent here is not to say like it's worth this amount of money, hence it's that valuable. But my point is like money is how the machine quantifies value. And even yeah. to the machine's lack of imagination, something like that, you know, can absolutely succeed. Yeah. Which yeah. is just like why it's categorically wrong in all instances to like control someone's means of production. It's not only wrong because it affects their creativity, but... Like you're, if the person's argument is you'll never succeed if you do art like this, they're also wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I like the point that you're making. Um, I don't like the, <laughs> I don't like when <laughs> art selling for millions of dollars freaks me out. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. Fucking, I mean, Bastiat himself didn't get in any of this money. He's dead, you know? So I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's found like he's probably a charitable trust or something like that, but I don't know. Damn. So yeah, the, I mean, I this hope... is just millionaires flexing on each other, right? But yeah, it's you know, I, yeah. Uh, there's something about higher. That's a whole other topic of conversation. No, I, I mean, think, they're like, a bunch of fucking more often than not a bunch of people just pretending to be like tasteful, and they just want to like flex on their friends and say, "Oh yes, I picked up this piece at the auction the other day at Sotheby's." <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't really fuck with the, with that kind of stuff. I, Me I, they I, can, they can, they can eat my whole ass as far as I'm oh concerned. Yeah. I really like the, um, the art should be free kind of movement. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that in the context of artists being provided for, but yeah. 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 Well, of course, obviously like don't, I, I agree. So on both sides of the coin, I love, I pay your artists obviously. Right. But yeah. it's like, this is it's weird it's this weird in between where it's like yes pay your but i think artists, you're but, so right about what you said before about money often having a corrupting influence on art as well yeah, exactly so it's like this, right uh, it's a tough spot because yeah like if, if artists were able to live their lives like if they were able to do their craft and not have to worry about expenses bills you know necessities like if if, if we went back to maybe an old like in the hellenistic era where you had a patron and your patron yeah. would take care of you and what you did is create because the patron thought you were an amazing artist and that's like how it worked if we had yeah. a patronage system, you know, sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I, and I, and I like, I like that. I like that idea. Um, but it's, that's obviously a very idealized kind of look on, 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 uh, on the current art scene and how it, how art actually works, you know? But um, I mean, the whole, like, you're right. Like the high art scene is really weird and it's just kind of like nasty the way that they twist things up I, I, and the way that people just pose for, 
for like they, they're you know they're they're performing in the sense to demonstrate how much taste they have by their collection or and, I mean like some people out there probably do really love it but a lot of people don't and I only know this really I can only say this with confidence because I've ran into these people many times yeah yeah and it yeah, sucks think, because it's just like you can tell they're lying to you and bothers me about it just the fact that it's millions of like millions of dollars like how it's so hard to wrap your my head around money sometimes because like I look at I look at my life and I think I I deal in tens and hundreds. That's that's pretty much my life, right? Yeah. Oh, that, dude, I don't even like thousand dollars. Maybe I see it in my bank account, but it's it's only there for two days before my rent takes it all. You know what I mean? Like thousands of dollars is already like holy. Like my yeah, parents. Are you just, fucking kidding me, dude? Yeah. <laughs> backyard and it was like thousands of dollars and i'm like holy fuck are you right? kidding me yeah <laughs> i told someone the other day i was like ten thousand dollars i've never seen that much money in my life and they're like what i was like i don't know tens it's just inconceivable to me yeah tens of thousands so some people deal in tens of thousands where it's like oh yeah you know about thirty forty thousand dollars or like eh, you know eighty thousand dollars like are you kidding that's me agree up right and then i stick to the dollar menu at taco bell guy and there's hundreds <laughs> of thousands there's millions. It's like, like, how can you wrap your head around that? How are you dealing in millions of dollars? That is so many hundreds and then tens and then thousands and then hundreds and then tens of dollars. Like that is the, the degree that it's blown up to is insanity. Imagine how many people you could feed for a million dollars. Imagine exactly. I could live my entire life for the rest of my life, probably on way less than a million dollars. And people yeah. are dealing multiples of this millions like it. Oh yeah. Dude, I don't know. It pisses me off. No, I mean, a billion dollars is so much money that a, a person working like a like an average, the average income would have to work for many, many centuries before they'd ever yeah. make that much with yeah. no expenses. Yeah. And there are there are many, yeah. many billionaires, you know, like there's lots of so billionaires. It's so they weird. I agree with you're saying it seems so surreal that someone can yeah. have just this much money to throw around. And like, yeah. like so much, so, and, and when, with a lot of people that have that much money, more often than not, the, the expenditures are, are matters of pride, you know, personal pride yeah. or, and, uh, it's, to me, it's disgusting. And of course I'd say that as a leftist, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, cause I have to acknowledge my own biases here is that I'm like anti-state, anti-corporation, anti, like, you know, I'm not a capitalist at all, you know? <laughs> so. I, uh, I think, I think I would agree there. Um, so of course think, I'd say that, but also I think there's a lot to it. Yeah. But it also comes down to like, there's a lot of morals involved with having that much money when you really break it down. Right. Oh yeah. Um, uh, if you're very familiar with Birch and Russell at all. No, he's a social philosopher and he makes this argument of, or no, no, actually Paul Singer was the one that made the argument, but, um, Birch and Russell's in a similar school of, of just like having that much money demonstrates a sincere like callous insensitivity to the pain of the world and that like singer's argument is that one is obligated to help in whatever way they can and and for money i mean and this is you know obviously somewhat of an extreme stance but i think singer raises a valid point in that like if you have this much money and you're not using it to help people like you are somewhat of like a, a, a monstrous individual yeah yeah and i and i i think i, I think i I agree with that, but there's because so many you're just people, hoarding all this potential good yeah, for yourself. There's, there's, it's so weird though how like so many people in my life don't agree with that, you know. And it's yeah, like it's oh hard. Man, for, you're telling me, Sheesh. you know, these people that are that I'm I'm close to and I like and I care about and that are that are wonderful people and and I really love, but I, I don't. It's just, it's weird to me. It feels it feels wrong. 
you know, like, and it, it's, it's, it's weird to think that these people think like, no, no, protect people's money and people deserve the money they get. Even if it's millions of dollars, like people always deserve the money that they get. Well, and the idea uh, that you could just make millions of dollars in a single day, but like you come to the office for an hour and you make a million dollars. And I'm just thinking in my mind, yeah. like no one works that hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just doesn't feel, oh, but they built this and they deserve it. And they, and they, they're employing so many other people. I'm like, okay, yes, but they're also, you know, like they own how many houses and how many private jets and how many islands and like, and their employees are like all these employees that they have. They're supposedly doing so much good for Are these employees actually being treated well. Are they getting good benefits? Are they getting good wages? Like, are they actually doing these people any favors? Amazon in general, like if you're just talking about Amazon specifically, like Amazon warehouses are terrifying. Yeah. Right. I've worked at a couple warehouse gigs, honestly, where all, almost all blue collar jobs, they abuse the shit out of you. Yeah. And it's, it's just imagine if they take like just a few, they could give everyone there a raise if they just cut like two of the islands out, you know? Yeah. Like, you know yeah. I mean? Yo, you're so right. You could, you could affect so many lives by giving up a very small thing to yourself, yet you refuse to do it. And what does that say about you? Yeah. Like I, I, I think, and maybe it's just cause I don't have anything, you know, like maybe, maybe I'm only saying maybe if I do ever get money that I would show oh, you change it. Oh, if you had the money, you'd think differently. You're only saying that cause you're broke. Like, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think I would though. Like if I, if I had lots of extra money, I, I can't, I can't see my, I can't see myself having lots of extra money. Like I, it would, yeah, it would either. go to other people in my life. It would, it would go to, to help other people. I would employ other people and I would try and create opportunities for other people that like, like are, I would never buy myself a mansion. I would never buy myself a mansion. I don't need a mansion. I barely need an apartment. You know, that's what I'm saying. I, I think I, even if I had millions of dollars right now, I am contented living in this basement apartment and, you know, <laughs> chilling, you know, yeah. like I, I'm happy with my life. Cause I, I don't, the luxuries, uh, uh I'm already so fortunate to be here. You know, like I'm, I'm already yeah. way more fortunate than like 90% of the world. I can't imagine wanting more. For, yeah, same here. I feel the same way. As I, I tell people all the time, it's like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be creating. I'm happy to be knowing lovely people and spending my time in the best way I can until, uh, you know, my soul leaves I, this yeah. plane. You know, and, I am already so incredibly privileged being alive, being having a house of, uh, or having a, a basement apartment of my own, having enough food for the month, like living in a country that, you know, is, does okay by me for the most part. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel that same uh, way. After I paid the rent for the month, I'm like, well, I'm like, may as well be the richest man in the world for the way I feel yeah. right now. Because like I, the rent is paid. I've got food in the fridge. Like yeah. I don't need anything else really. I have clothes. I have a bed. I have, I have, I have internet. I have luxuries of being able to create. I have so many things. Yeah. Like so I can just play video things. games with my friends. If I want. Like, I don't know. I don't need to. Yeah. I don't need a fucking, I don't need to go to Turks and Caicos. I don't need to yeah. go to fucking Mykonos and ride around in a yacht with some like piece of shit douchebag DJ. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. Like there's so many other people who have way, way, way less than me. And even with just a little bit, like I have very little, I have very little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Same here. In terms of the grand scheme of things, my, my, my monetary amount that I have is very little. If I was working. My net worth is absolutely sub-zero. Well, you count yeah, all my student loans, like by just, just if, if I was, if I was to continue on with my computer science, right. Most, most of the, the average salary that was proposed was like 80 to a hundred. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a I lot. Am, 
that's a lot. I've never that's even made thirty thousand dollars in a year. That's what I'm saying. It's like I could I could support like six of me. Yeah, I don't I, the correct math. Even more. Um, I can do. Let's, let, me, let me do the correct math. Actually, I'll do the correct. I'll, I'll let. Here's the correct math on that. So, if I had eighty thousand dollars, actually no, then that that says how much I. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give the exact math because then it's like you only you pay this much a month to live. That's weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like you could, yeah, you could support yourself many, many times over. Yeah, if I had that much that much money, I could support a lot of me doing what I'm doing right now, and I am already so blessed and I am so privileged. And, you I know, and so- I think everyone deserves to be able to spend money on luxuries. But I, I mean, that still, even then, it's like doesn't mean you need a millions of dollars of luxuries. Like you can, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like the people who are, I don't know, the people who are making like millions of dollars, it just, it's weird to me. Yeah. It definitely makes me, it definitely makes me sick. I, I agree. I mean, I agree. You know, I mean, I, I'm famously quite frequently wear the, uh, eat the rich t-shirts, you know, and I, yeah. I'm that kind of guy. And I, I definitely, it's, it's, it's a question that to me is such a no brainer, but it's extremely controversial, especially in America, because America yeah. has this whole myth of like, how amazing it is to be a rich person and ever. And like so many people here just want to be a rich person or they want to be super famous or influential. And I just, it makes me kind of sick, man. I really don't want to live in America anymore because it's such a part of our culture here. Yeah. It's, and it's a global thing too, but I feel like it's really bad in America. I think, I think it's definitely exaggerated in America for sure. Uh, for sure. It's an exaggerated kind of feeling an exaggerated kind of uh, idea um, in America. I definitely think so. It, it definitely, it stings. It stings, man. And yeah, I just, I just wish, I think, cause I think when, when this conversation comes up for a lot of, a lot of times when I'm talking with people, I think people um, expect me to provide a solution. Yeah. They're, they're saying, they're saying that I am, yeah, they they're thinking that the time. Talking about this is that I'm giving a, Oh, that's why we should uh, tax the rich to be 90, 90% of their income should be, or cut off their income over a million. Like I don't, I don't have the solution to yeah. what it is. I just wish people were better. You know, like I just yeah. wish people cared more about other people. Man, that's a very good way of putting it. I, I really, it, it definitely annoys me when someone's like, well, I'm hearing all these problems and no solutions. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was like the grand arbiter of universal problem solving. You know, like no, no one is enough of a galactic genius to figure out the solution to these problems because they're incredibly complicated problems. Yeah. So yeah. like for you to attack me on Twitter, you know, some, some person to attack me on Twitter and, and say like, why don't you have the solutions? I'm like, no one has the solutions. And I mean, like yeah. we're working on it. We, we're trying our best, but like we can acknowledge problems without demonstrating a comprehensive solution. You know what I mean? And, and like yeah. we said earlier, you know, everyone wants to have answers, but it's okay to not have answers and to be like, we need to like, we're in the process of figuring this out and acknowledging yeah. problems and figuring out maybe how to deal with them. But that doesn't mean anyone's ever going to have a full answer. Yeah, and I think there's too many people just defend the well. You can't, you can't. They don't, they don't, they, they never focus on what the actual problem is. You know, they always, they always focus on the um, proposed solutions. Because I, I, I have this conversation frequently with friends because I have a lot of friends who are very money mind forward. Yeah. Um. So it's you know I, I talk to them about it and and uh, and they're like, well, you know, you can't do this because like that would be wrong to just take away this these people's money because they they earn that money, they deserve that money, and I'm like, well. Yeah, I'm not saying we're taking I'm not uh, that's not my argument. My argument isn't uh take away people's money. I'm not trying to say take away people's money who has a lot of money. I'm just saying that I'm just expressing my 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 wish to the world. You know, like I'm just I'm just getting it out there. I'm just saying, "Hey, don't you agree that the the world would be a better place if there weren't millionaires?" You know? Yeah. Like 
can't can you not at least agree with that? Like I understand like there's and no every sing, I feel like every single human being could easily subsist off of not being a millionaire. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no one needs yeah. to be a millionaire. There's not a single yeah. person that needs it. Oh, but they but they earned it. They deserve it. I'm like, okay. But that, that's not my that's not my that's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to take that away. All I'm trying to say is don't you think <laughs> Yeah. Don't, don't you think that the world might be better if there weren't these greedy gluttonous people, you know? I couldn't Can't, agree more, man. I'm glad it's glad I'm glad to know that. And I mean, you know, we do know that like among my community where um, you'd be in good company with those thoughts. So, yeah, I, I, I love to talk about that sort of thing. And honestly, I've loved this entire conversation. This is like a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful saga. <laughs> thoughts being exchanged. Time, yeah. I, I guess I got to probably eat soon here. Truth be told. Okay. Yes. Correct. I, I will. I will. I will let you go, Grunge. Well, um, I will let you go, please. Uh, it has been a, a rare honor and a privilege to talk with you, and I mean that with every single fragment of my soul. This is this has fed my um, my mind and and my my eternal spirit more than a lot of things in the past couple of weeks. Ah, oh, that that is so wonderful. I had a, a fantastic time. It's it's been so refreshing and. I feel I feel very uh, I feel very I haven't had I haven't had a conversation like this in, in, a, in a long time with someone who who wasn't like argumentative with me, you know, and was like, ah, but have you thought about it? You know, you know, it's yeah, just nice. Yeah. It's just nice to have a chill conversation with with a good person and, and someone who and you can talk about serious things, too. And it doesn't have to be a fight. You know, normally it's like people like don't talk about serious stuff. And I'm like, well, I think we can talk about serious stuff. Let's just be cool to each other about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, before we go, do you have, I like to, you know, give everybody an opportunity to plug whatever they're working on. You know, of course their socials, I put all your links in the show notes, but you know, it's nice to say them verbally too, I think. Yeah. Um, I, uh, come on over and say hi at, at my stream, twitch.tv slash Tommy Muller uh, underscore. Um, that's about it. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, it's absolute pleasure. To, and you, uh, to uh, as a, as a musician, you create under the name Tommy Muller as well. Yes, I do. Yeah. 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 I create under the so you can search. I only have, uh, currently only have one song released. Oh, no, on, I said musician. Uh, I'm sorry. I just realized. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's okay. I've, uh, the, it's only a self distinction. It's not a, if someone says, uh, oh, you're a musician, I'm not going to be like, fuck you. I'm not, not going <laughs> yeah. yeah, to really understand what you mean. Um, uh, but yeah, no, my stuff, I have stuff on, on Spotify and, and my SoundCloud. There's, there's stuff pretty much anywhere that there is music. You can find a little bit of my music there. So. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on. I deeply appreciate it. And boom. Wow, that was a banger of a podcast. It's future Major Grunge here. Just saying, if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast listening platform of choice, if it allows that. Also, please consider checking out my other content. You can find some of the links in the bio, but my main one is twitch.tv slash Major Grunge. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Major Grunge. And we're going to have some cool merchandise soon. I'm doing my own merch. I'm real excited about that, but uh, I'll keep you posted. So until next time, I'm out. Bazinga.